All right, we get it rolling on the crew show. Hope everybody's having a great Wednesday night. Was down in Santa Clara today, talking 49ers. Time for the call-in show Wednesday night. Kev always joins us. 7.20, we get it rolling. We were aiming for 7.15. We apologize for being late. Give the band a rest. Welcome to the Crook Show, brought to you by Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check them out. They're in Emeryville and Corte Madera, and they're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. or until they run out. Pig and a Pickle, proud sponsor of the Krug Show. Go say hi to Damon and Mary. Get some barbecue. Tell them the Krug sent you. And we're brought to you by New York-style Italian sausage. The only kind of Italian sausage I eat is New York-style Italian sausage, thanks to them uh, for being proud sponsors of the Krug Show. And, of course, Marin Autoglass, bottom of the screen, 415-883-3030. Thank you to MarinAutoglass.com. Kev, Wednesday night, midweek, short week. Niners getting ready for the Commanders. Now it's a gotta-have-it game. Now it's going to be Jacoby Brissett, uh, not Sam Howell. We're going to get into all of that. But uh, we're going to get into some calls tonight with the call-in show. One of my favorite shows of the week, the call-in show. How was your Christmas? It was good. How was your Christmas? <laughs> it, was, it was very good look at the light behind me there thank you for the light that was your gift yeah whoever gave you that gift that was a great that was a great gift that was just seriously i mean it's a nice one i mean we're in a good spot if, if people oh, want to there, there we go. go look at that the full, it, looks, it looks extra good right now the neon light the crew oh, yeah. show neon light podcast i mean that is now, just really we're good. gonna have to do something about that cord because that cord is bucking me that, that's behind you that's dangling see it I don't know what we're going to do. Just... Oh, right, and now you got the other. <laughs> it's like a box. I'm in a box. There you go. Between <laughs> the cord and the thing. Uh, wait a second. Just don't move at all. Just, yeah, just don't move. Just don't move the rest of the show. Just stay just right stay there. there. Absolutely right here. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Krug show, everybody. Wednesday night. Lot to get to. Uh, including your video calls. Um, so we put the, the caller thing in the chat, right? Re there we go. We'll add it to the chat, a little copy and paste where I got to get my, uh, my I'll, chat going. Uh, I'll pin it. I'll pin it for everyone too. Look at you. You're just so, con you, you know how to do everything. You're just a, I do. a machine. I really do. Um, <laughs> Streamyard.com. The link is in the chat. You want to jump in via video calls, but don't jump in just yet because we're going to go through some topics here and, and have a, a little discussion and then we will go to the calls and Saul Goodman. Thank you for the first super chat of the night. We appreciate that. And we'll get to you in just a second, but Kev, what's topic number one on our five topic Wednesday night extravaganza. Extravaganza. I knew you were going to go there. Extravaganza. Um, I, I titled the stream, do the I'm watching my AM Aggies, by the way. If you're set, we're getting back in real time. SC's up 35 21 on Louisville. Good for Drake Jackson. I talked to him oh, today. Wow. He said, you know what? I said, are you going to watch the bowl game tonight? He's like, heck yeah. He goes, probably Louisville just watch was a six and a half house. point favorite. So, Louisville was a six and a half point favorite against, against Trojans USC. taking it to them right now, 35 21. And Oak State AM. We're, I'm rooting for AM, but they're down 17 6 in the second quarter. So, uh, West good. Virginia, Colton McKivitz will be happy. They beat North Carolina 30 to uh, 30 to, was it 30 to 10? 
No, thirty. Yeah, thirty to ten. God, Carolina went down in that one, and Tulane um, loses to Vatek today, 20 It looks like. So there you go. You're you're all up to date on the bowl season. Uh, so I'm watching a little bit of that A and M game as we go. All right, Kev, what do you got? What's question number one? Topic number one. Yeah, so I titled the stream, Do the 49ers Have Huge Problems Looming? And I think that they really have two huge problems looming. And we'll get to one first and one last. The first one is the 49ers offensive line. And I'm just going to share my screen here because this might yeah. be a little bit hard to say out loud. But if you if you see it, it might be a little bit easier. But this is Wayne Breezy. You know, the Wayne Breezy. We love the Wayne Breezy. Breezy. Uh, he said the this is uh, the 49ers allowed pressures per PFF against the Ravens. Brendel had one. Banks had three. Trent had one. John Felicio, Feliciano had three. Burford had four and a sack. McKivitz had nine and two sacks. On the year, Colton McKivitz has nine sacks, which is tied for third worst in the NFL. He also has 45 allowed pressures, which is ninth highest in the NFL. Burford also has the third worst pass blocking grade per PFF. Um Brendel's allowed 28 pressures. And now we're looking at a week where the Niners are down bodies. Trent Williams got injured in this game. He didn't practice, but he's not ruled out. Banks didn't practice, but not ruled out. Jalen Moore is out. Um, I heard Mike Silver today on KMBR say that this game could be kind of, it could be patchwork with the offensive line. And we saw a little bit of that with, with Burford playing right tackle in that game for the Niners and it didn't look too pretty. How are, how much are you concerned about the 49ers offensive line going into the commanders game? Yeah. I mean, very, um, you know, you don't know about Trent's going to go and you don't know if banks is going to be able to go. That's the left side of your line. Brendel is the only guy in his spot really on the line that you know what you're going to get. And, you know, Burford, um, you know, Burford's going to be in there either at right guard or right tackle. McKivitz, you know, McKivitz is an interesting player. He's he's had some really good games this year. Um, the moment will never be too big for him, but he's not your prototypical, you know, right tackle. Um, he's been he's been very good at times. He's smart, he's tough, he's competitive, but at the same time, you he can be beat by on the bull rush by the stronger defensive ends. I think he's better against strength than he is against speed. So, I mean, he, you know, they McGlinchey wasn't great last year, and but he cost a lot of money. This year, you, you have uh, you have Colton, and he's not been awesome, but he does he costs a whole lot less. So I mean that has that has a lot to do with it. They're probably going to look offensive tackle a couple times in the draft in April, and they're going to have to get by with what they have. And the question is, is it good enough to win a Super Bowl with? We're going to find out. Yeah, and going into this going into this season, there was a lot of debate whether, you know, keep McGlinchey, go with McKivitz. Is McKivitz a starting right tackle on a Super Bowl winning team? You know, I don't know that I don't the Niners made the right decision by not re-signing McGlinchey, but I don't know if they made the right decision by starting Colt McKivitz. And I really like Colt McKivitz as a guy, but he 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 really is what he was coming out of the draft, which is a Swiss army knife at at the offensive line position. He can play anywhere. And, you know, right tackle is a very difficult tackles, the most difficult position to play on the line. And, you know, he's getting beat up out there. So I don't, I don't say that I'm not saying you got to cut McKivitz or, you know, you have to get rid of him next year. I, I, I think you keep him, but as oh, a Swiss you definitely Army, keep him six man, not as a starting right tackle 
Um, and then Burford, Burford was, he's a guy that had a lot, a lot of people had high hopes for Burford, but he leads the team in penalties and he's getting a lot of penalties called on him. Um, and then the draft coming up, you know, they don't, they're not going to have a high pick and that's usually where the tackles go. Do you have a, a tackle that you've looked at late in the draft that you like? I mean, obviously the ta- the upper, upper echelon tackles always go high in the draft. So it's pretty hard to get a good tackle. But I, I mean, even in this last draft, there was a lot of people screaming for Blake Freeland, who was the BYU uh, tackle, right? right? Big six, he seven kid. He went to the Colts and he's playing really well. And and the Niners drafted Cam Lottie with their last third round pick when they could have gone uh, in the in a, in a different direction. So what, do you have any thoughts on uh, late first round tackles? Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, you know, history says that if they're going to be, you know, good players, you're going to have to get them in the first round. Um, so that's probably reality, but then there's also some, some really good, uh, second tier players, I think as well in this draft. I mean, as far as the top of the draft, I mean, you know, if you could get anywhere in the middle of the first round, JC Latham from Alabama, I mean, he's six, six, he's three thirty. Um, he's got great feet, super strong. I mean, in a lot of ways, the prototype right tackle for the next decade in the NFL, the guy's got a unique build awesome athlete at that size so yeah i mean that's the guy totally dominant um you know he has the potential to be just a hall of famer i mean he's just monster right tackle with great feet great potential looks like an incredible prospect and then I, i'm a big fan of the of taliisi fuaga from oregon state who's just great i mean this guy's he's this is the one of the toughest offensive linemen in the draft this guy would just absolutely destroy you in the run game Six six three twenty five, um, just super competitive, super tough. You know, road grader, really good, good and strong against pass protector, but just a bulldozer as a run blocker. Fuaga, he's just nasty too. I've seen him just bury guys in the open field. He's really good, really more athletic than you think. So, I like those guys for sure at the top of the first round. As far as later in the draft, I mean, um, the kid from Missouri, Javon Foster. Um, is the guy that I kind of like a lot. He's just a big, gigantic offensive tackle for for Missouri. Missouri's had a really good team. He's really athletic. He's tough. He's smart. Um, yeah, Javon Foster, third round, probably. Just going back to the Niners' offensive line, and then we'll move on. Um, the Niners cut uh, Il Manning today, and they reinstated uh, Matt Pryor back to the roster after they just released him, I think, yesterday or, did, or the day before. Uh, any thoughts on that move? I know that you're not a big Matt Pryor guy, and you are a big Il Manning guy, but Il Manning is one of those positionless offensive linemen right now. What's What are your thoughts on that transaction? Well, I, I think Il Manning will be back. That would be my thought. I mean, you know, right now this is a shuffling because they need tackle help because who are your tackles? I mean, Jalen Moore's out with a concussion. Trent Williams, um, you know, you don't know his status. So you, you got to have tackles. Um, and they've got some inside guys. They've got Ben Barch who can play inside. They like him. Um, obviously Feliciano and Brendel. So, I mean, they feel they had some questions at tackle. I mean, Pryor has got NFL experience and he's a huge bodied guy with long arms. It's just, he's kind of slow footed. And I just kind of wonder, um, he hasn't played a lot of football this year. Uh, he's, it looks like he's in better shape than he was, you know, when he first came to the team. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they waived him. I, I just don't – I'm not a huge prior fan. He is 
got the the prototypical tackle size, you know, so he looks the part for sure. Um, we'll see if they he can play efficient football. Um, he's one of their options. Barch can play. He's played pretty much anywhere, so he could be a versatile option. Uh, they signed a, a guard today, Gutierrez, um, not to be confused with Alfredo Gutierrez. Um, but um, yeah, they you know that that's what they're looking at. I mean, it's just right now they they have got some you know they could go to their practice squad. Um, I do think um, Alfredo Gutierrez is on there. Corey Luciano is on their practice squad um, as far as backup offensive linemen. So, and then Jesse Davis uh, is, is also on the club. He's, he was just signed a few weeks ago. So that's what they're, you know, that's their depth right now. And we'll see if they can get, they got two really important games. I mean, I, I you know, I don't think Banks's injury or Trent's injury are like by any chance season enders. So they're going to be back. But the question is, can they win right. this week in, you know, in Maryland against the commanders without them? Right. Um, are you a are you a fan of the Baldy breakdowns? I love the Baldy breakdowns. Are you kidding me? Baldy's I, the best. What do you got? Baldy did. I mean, he does this every week, so it's not really a surprise. But he did uh, some breakdowns on Purdy. And, you know, it is the one thing you can say is it is refreshing to see, you know, Break. Purdy was so great. Let me just say it this way. Purdy was so great. It, it is not refreshing, but it is interesting to see the breakdowns when they're not so great. So this is Brian Baldinger um, on Purdy's first intercept. There's a couple of these, and we'll just react to them as, as we go. All right? Here's the first one. This is Brock Purdy's first interception. And when McCaffrey goes out, watch. All they do, they just kick everything over a little bit. But those safeties aren't moving. Now, in this route combination right here, all right, you get like a smash concept right there. But here comes Debo in the middle. But there's Kyle Hamilton right there. There's nothing threatening his zone. All right, he's just sitting right on the goal line, 10 toes on the goal line. All right, nothing's going past him. And so when Purdy tries to throw this ball to Debo, I mean, he's got nothing else to do but to jump in front of it. And if you watch it right here, there he is. Zone coverage, nothing threatening him right here. But eyes on the quarterback all the way. So when Purdy sees Debo breaking, he thinks he's got it right there. Except he's not accounting for the fact that the safety, Kyle Hamilton, is just looking for work. This matchup zone, it doesn't get fooled by pre-snap motion and shifting and formations. They match up with you. It's a problem for the 49ers. So that that was Baldinger uh, on that first interception. I'll let you break it down or comment on however you want to comment on it. But the first thing that I noticed from that was was right here when Purdy, if you can still see it, where Purdy uh, throws it. It looks to me he kind of he the I, what I I'm not I'm no film expert, but what I would say is. If this is a zone concept, you want to throw in between the zone. So it would be more like Debo curling into the end zone and sitting in between the zone. But it, it looks more like he throws he throws it like it's a man concept where he's catching it on the run, which then allows, you know, I'll just mute it. But then uh, it then allows Cal Hamilton because instead of sitting right there, he throws it into his into his arms, which is this is Monday Monday morning quarterbacking going on, and I might may be completely wrong, but that was the first thing I saw. What about you? 
Well, I just think he was too aggressive right there. I mean, you know, you're having success. That's really risky. He obviously didn't account for Hamilton. Hamilton, you know, it was interesting the way way Hamilton uh, was positioned on that. If you go back to it, you'll see the angle where he's just look, he's dead reading the quarterback from the opening snap. He's not looking at the receivers. They're covered. He's just there. He just there in an athletic position in the zone trying to guess what window Purdy's going to throw it to has a pretty good idea where it is. And he's just lurking for it, reading the quarterback. And then Purdy leads Debo maybe a little bit too far. If he had yeah. put it right on him, you know, at the, at the beginning of the R instead of at the other, other side of the R, you know I mean? It's a, uh, it, I think he led him a little bit too much, but he real, the real mistake was he just didn't account for Hamilton getting a deep drop and just reading him. I mean, you could tell just by the position pre-snap that sometimes the safety will be reading the receiver routes. He's totally honed in on Purdy and trying to guess the spot he's going to throw it in. They did a great job, McDonald did, at, at understanding that if they were going to bring extra pressure, they would bring it off the edge. And seeing that the 49, and then present the middle of the field with lots of defenders. And so the windows were smaller and the Niners needed to be more precise. And, they, and that was not precise enough, but it was just overall too aggressive. You didn't need to take that kind of shot right there. Yeah. And but that's the way we'll Brock plays. That's the way Brock plays. He's aggressive, but if you see him, look, he leads him, uh, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, look at Debo's legs. He's, he's almost moving. He Debo knows that there's a safety on the, on the other side. Like you can see in the way that Debo's stepping, he's like short stepping right there. He's like anticipating the ball to be like in between a window. And then, and then it's like, Oh, it's, 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 it's kind of sailing on him. And that's, that's kind of where, that's where Brock made the mistake. hundred percent. Um, so yeah. And then, uh, I'll just, there's just two more and we'll go through them quick. So people don't get uh get bored, but I mean I love a good Baldy breakdown. So Baldy's incredible. Uh, no, I know he really is. Here's uh here's Baldy on this. Here's Baldy on the second interception, the one where Marlon Humphrey got in there. Take a look at this interception here. The Ravens are in a cover two right here. Safeties are back. Here comes Ayuk in motion. They don't do anything. They just sit there in their zone coverage right here. But they're going to blitz both corners, both Brandon Stevens and Marlon Humphrey. 21 and 44 are both coming. Now on the play, it's a good play. It's a good, it's a good blitz, especially if they hand it off to McCaffrey right here. You're going to get somebody that's just going to force McCaffrey inside. But if you throw it like they do here, and they see Debo just expanding because that's a hot read against that look, the safety's got to come down and cover him. But Stevens gets his hands up in the air. And Humphrey was blitzing from the other side, so he gets a batted ball interception right there, and they stop that drive. They just do things different than every other team in the league. They give up yards. They don't give up a lot of points. So that was Baldy on that. Obviously, just a great play from Humphrey right there on the edge. Or well, uh, it was edge an, rusher, it, and then Humphrey well, blitzing in, yeah. Sorry. No, no, I was going to say the guy who made the play there was Brandon Stevens. Yeah. And Brandon Stevens' cor- corner bats it into the air. It was a phenomenal play. And then Humphrey's just Johnny on the spot and he catches it. But, you know, once again, I mean, this is, this is, this was the, the Ray McDonald's plan is to force edge pressure 
And in this situation, the edge pressure, you know, interrupted the, the pass rush. And then Stevens made a great timing play on it. And it just, that's where it was the, the fortune, the good fortune or poor fortune. If you're the 49ers, he batted it right to Humphrey. If he bats in any other direction, it's just an incompletion and you're on to the next play. So these pivotal plays happened in this game. I mean, it's just, you know, bad, bad play for sure. Um, bad, bad decision. But really in this one, this was just a very well-timed athletic play by the defender. You got to get around that guy somehow. If you can't make that throw, then you got to move over to the side and try to make it from the side. But the timing of it, you got to release it when you do. And uh, great play by Stevens. It really was. And then here's the here's the last one. The second interception of Kyle Hamilton in the first half. <laughs> you got another highlight you're going to play here? Oh, can you not see it? No, I can, we can't see it. Oh, my bad, my bad. I, I was just watching it. <laughs> Sorry. All right, here we go. Let's keep our eyes on Kyle Hamilton, number 14, on this play. All right? Middle of the second quarter. These two right here, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, are just drawing blocks. They're going to bail. And then Kyle Hamilton's going to come free right through the B gap. And McCaffrey does exactly what he's supposed to do. He's, he's there in blitz pickup. It's unfortunate that Banks hit him also, so it's an illegal block. But Banks is sitting on top of Kyle Hamilton. Like, you're, he's buried. Now, Purdy's trying to find somebody open. And when he comes back, he's trying to get the ball to Kittle late across the middle, and Marlon Humphrey pops it up, and there's Hamilton, who got up off the ground after Banks was on him for the interception. But here's this matchup zone, and this is why it's so difficult right here. This is nothing more – than a disguised cover three. Watch how they rotate because here comes Hamilton on a blitz. So let's go. It's hard, cover three. That's all it is. But it's a matchup zone. So you're three deep right now. And Purdy's looking for somebody to throw to. But it's all matched up. Everybody is covered. So now Purdy's running around. And he's going to try and get this ball right here to George Kittle. And here comes Hamilton. Or here comes Marlon Humphrey popping it up, and there's Hamilton. Like, it's tough on quarterbacks. Really tough. Keep her. Yeah, I mean, that was the that was the story of the game of the of the night. You know, that's what we were talking about in the post game, which was, you know, Kyle Hamilton specifically, but the entire Ravens secondary was was actually locking up the 49ers receivers and playing great coverage against Brock Purdy and kind of forced Purdy into some bad throws. And that was definitely a bad not a bad throw, but an unlucky throw because it popped up in the air and became an interception. An interception. Yeah, I mean uh, they've got some great players back there. I mean, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, um, you know, that's really what it's about. Stevens has been a find, absolute find for them. He's, you know, he's been a fantastic player. Humphrey's a veteran and was a former first round pick and is a high level player with size. Darby's been around the league, but he's a really good player in my opinion. That's why he has been. Everybody wants him. He just. He, he's a guy who's a perfect, almost prototype size and speed. And then there's Geno Stone, who at Iowa is very high productive guy, and he's still really productive. Um, Marcus Williams makes plays. I mean, they get guys. I mean, that's a good secondary they have. And then with, um, you know, Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith in the middle, um, 
you know, Matabuke up front. He's their real significant player. It's, you know, they're, they're playing at a high level there, especially on the back end. When you add Hamilton to the mix, Hamilton's a, a blue chip player. I mean, he's a, you know, really a star player. They use him as a nickel back. He could play. He's essentially like a hits like a linebacker. Um, he's just one of the best players in the, in the league right now. And he's playing at a really, really high level. And his, his, his nose for the ball, his smarts, his size, the range, the hitting, the anticipation, it's all there. And um, high-level football player. And to get you, – you saw it all, really, in those highlights, too. You saw him reading the quarterback, breaking on the ball on the first one, and then this one, you know, the, the motor to get buried on a play and then get up and get down the field and still make the player. That, that level of desire is rare. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I caught a little bit of your stream with Grant, and you you told me personally that you thought that was one of the best streams you ever you've ever done. For whatever reason, you said it was a. Great I really, stream. I really so everyone liked, check out that stream. I really enjoyed it. Uh, we, we got into the uh, into the matchup, you know, and what happened in the in the last game, and it was it was uh, you know, rapid fire. Yeah. So everyone check out that stream on the channel, um, and. But one thing that you guys did bring up in that, which kind of inspired me to ask you this question, is, you know, did the 49ers have the wrong game plan going into the Ravens game? You know, I, I was sitting with you at the pregame show with Lo Neal that you do with 95-7, and you guys were talking about it's a run versus run game. You know, the Baltimore Ravens are one of the best running offenses in the league, um, and the Niners have one of the best running offenses in the league. But then we're sitting there, at halftime and we're looking at it and it's, it's, it's mostly passes. It was a, it was a heavy pass game. Um, and you actually asked Kyle Shanahan about this today. So I'll play, um, I'll play that clip real quick, but this was interesting to hear what Kyle had to say about it. He said it was more situational, but, um, let me, let me play this right here. Yeah. Ravens had struggled against two backs, uh, defending the run. Did McDonald give you guys different fronts or different looks that you didn't anticipate? Or in hindsight, after watching the film, had you wish, do you wish that you had run it with two backs at them a little bit more in that first half? Um, no, it's that's just how it goes. It's never that you plan on not doing something. It's first two plays of the game were a pass. Second two game play, actually the next three plays were going to be a run. You go by our openers, but the first two plays only got us three yards, so then it's third and seven. And we got a 54-yarder that got us to the 28-yard line. Um, we had a top call on the 28-yard line. That's a different area from our opener, so we went right to that. Got another, I think, 13-yarder. And we had a top call on the 15-yard line. That's different than our opener. So ended up opening the game up with five straight passes. Then I think we went to three straight runs after that. Um, then we had a couple turnovers, you know, so it just plays out that way. There's no um, – we decided to go less two back or one back. It's um, – what happens when you don't go draws? So that was obviously Shanahan, but I, I have an idea of how you're going to answer this. I personally think it was the right game plan, but what were your okay. thoughts on what Kyle told you today? And what, what was your thoughts on the game plan as a whole? Well, I mean, I just, I just look at those numbers and I'm, and I looked at him going into the game and I thought, man, um, the Ravens really do struggle against uh, teams that use the fullback and the Niners did have a lot of success running it. And yet there weren't a lot of volume of runs. Um, if you had, if you looked at McCaffrey's numbers for the year, you know, I think he's had as many as 22 carries in a game 
only had 14 in this game. Uh, an average 7.4 carry, and they were within four points at halftime at home. So I don't, I, he's the best running back in the league. And to me, um, I would have, in the in, if it was that big of a game, I would have loved him seeing him get like seven more carries and a few less passes. I just think that though this is a really good Ravens D, and the fact that, um, you know, they, the Niners were having success running the ball and how much talent they really do have on the back end. Uh, it just seemed like the Niners game plan game plan was a little too aggressive as far as pass run. Uh, and, and I know they got behind at the end and that distorts the numbers a little bit as well, but um, you know, they have a dominant runner. They've got the best running back in the league. And to me to say in the, in a big game like that, that you wouldn't get him. I don't know. I mean, he, he had, he had a total of 20 touches, um, which is he had, did have six receptions. But it would be nice if he had gotten, you know, 21 carries, something like that, closer to, to, uh, you know, what he's his best game has been this year, because I think he was that kind of a game. It was that kind of game where if you were going to win it, you were going to win it with ball control. You had the indication when Hamilton jumped that route right there to me, that would have kind of told me, hey, let's keep the ball out of the air more in this game, especially when you look at those rushing numbers. The Ravens were dead last against two backs in the NFL in like four major rushing categories. So I, I I would have loved to. And even if it's not McCaffrey, maybe it's more runs and you bring in JP Mason or Debo himself. Um, but, you know, 14 for McCaffrey, two for Debo, none for Mason uh, in a, against a team that struggles to stop the run um, in two, two running back situations, worst in the league. I, I want to see more running in this game. I thought the numbers dictated it and, called for it instead you got 32 passes from uh purdy and 40 14 from from darnold i mean they had 46 dropbacks and 18 runs to me that's you talk about balance i think they lost some balance and they didn't establish the run or they didn't they had they did establish the run but they just didn't overall have enough rushing uh plays i mean i want to see debo get the ball at least five times running the ball um, against a, t- a run defense as as flawed as this Ravens one was, especially when you looked at how good some of those players were on the back end. I mean, they've got proven players on the back side of their defense. Yeah, I mean, I actually do kind of agree with you on that. Like, th- they did need to run it probably a few more times in that game. Um, I mean, I'm not exactly sure when when exactly the carries came and when they did it and if it would have panned out to be around the same if they weren't down so much. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. CMC was averaging 7.4 yards per carry. I mean, one of those carries was really long, so it probably over, you know, exaggerates that number. But uh, where I was kind of disagreeing with the take is more in just the sense where the I don't think the game plan was faulty as much as the interceptions blew up the entire game plan. Does that make sense? Like, if you look at the Ravens, the Ravens, you know... It, from a box score or not, maybe not from a box score, but from a score perspective, it's like, Oh, well, you know, 33, 19, it was, you know, it was 33, 12 at one point or whatever the score was, but the Ravens never had to drive more than 53 yards to score a touchdown. They got the ball 53 yards or closer uh, five times in that game and scored four of those times uh, accounting for 24 of their points. The Niners never got the ball closer than the 64 yard. 64 yards or cl- or farther from the goal line. I just think that, you know, the 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 turnovers blew up the game plan that the 49ers had 
on offense. Not that they weren't executing outside of those turnovers. You know, I mean, there were, I thought the defense was left with some short fields and had to do the best they could, but I mean, you give up what, uh, was it uh, three field goals for Justin Tucker? So, I mean, that, yeah. that didn't help. He, you know, they took those plays. It was very conservative. There were times where John Harbaugh could have gone for it and took the field goal. Um, so he, you know, he took the points when they were there and, and found a way to wind up with more at the end. I mean, I mean, they, they just ultimately you can't have, you're not going to have a hundred yards of penalties and five turnovers and win football games. You just don't. Um, the Ford Niners though, in, if you look at the numbers, um, they had more success running it and they have, you know, the stat sheet definitely favors the 49ers uh, in several spots, but ultimately turnovers are a major part of the NFL. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, and turn, it's not just turnovers, it's turnover margin. So they, you could have five turnovers in a game if they had four, yeah. you know, it was just a wild game. You get dropping the ball back and forth. Um, but to, you know, they're minus five in turnovers. They only have 11, 11 uh, series in the game. And, right. and five of them ended on a turnover. It's hard to win that way. And then mixing all the penalties makes it impossible. Right. And that's kind of what I'm saying. It's it's like if you throw five turnovers, you're you're not going to win that game more times than not. Game plan, great game plan, game plan or no game plan. Right. You're not going to win that game unless you tell me that the game plan caused the interceptions. Then that's a completely different discussion. But I don't really necessarily think that was really the case in some of these interceptions. Um so that's just kind of where I see it. Um, last topic. Last topic. Then we're going to go to the calls. Big Moe's, he's hanging out in the green room. Yeah, we got we got calls. If you guys want to call in, make sure you click the link in the chat and just call in. We love to take your calls. Um, yeah, last question. Some bad, 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 bad news today Uh-oh. from Kyle How Shanahan. Bad? Pretty bad. I mean, I I really like this player, and it's Jair Brown. And we heard from Kyle Shanahan today that he is not looking good. He has a knee sprain. Let me just play. This is Kyle Shanahan uh, at the presser today on Jire Brown. Um, one you guys didn't get from yesterday, I believe. Um, Jire Brown has a um, knee sprain. He won't practice today. With Jire, is there concern that it's long-term? Uh, there's concern. I mean, I'm, we're not ruling him out this week, but um, there's concern. So I can't go today. What? Um are your options at safety of Um, Well, we got someone on practice squad. Um, we've moved other positions there, a nickel and corner, to have some depth there. So um, we got some options. But Is Oliver a possibility? Yeah, Oliver's a possibility. Is Logan Ryan? Anybody who says they're a corner or safety is a possibility. <laughs> and if those guys go down, then I would say a linebacker is a possibility. <laughs> Lynch will be after that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. So that's that's Kyle Shanahan making light of a, you know, a a somewhat kind of serious situation, which is Jair Brown, who was the replacement for Talanoa Hufanga, the all pro safety that the 49ers yeah. lost due to injury, who was who came in and played great for him, kind of made up made the discussions about Talanoa Hufanga, you know, surrounding Talanoa Hufanga being you know, Jair Brown might be able to play this position better than Talano Hufanga. That was the conversation. Now, Tal- or now uh, Jair Brown has an injury that 
we're hearing could be one to two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. We don't it, knee sprains are not. That's a big, big injury. Um, not not season ending for sure, but that's not right. something that you can just shake off and and keep playing, especially at his position. The Niners have Logan Ryan kind of as their backup free safety slash DB. I mean, you heard him say Isaiah Oliver, which is, you know, that's I, I you never love to hear Isaiah Oliver playing safety, let alone slot corner. So what's what are your thoughts on the injury? What are your thoughts on what the Niners should do? What's the plan moving forward? Well, I mean, all I can really tell you is the options that they have from within. I mean, there's always potential options outside, but I mean, it's pretty late in the year to be bringing somebody else in, though they did bring in a player today. Um, it's December 27th. Well, you know, obviously Jair Brown, you know, he's a young guy, probably a quick healer, but I mean, I got to think he's going to be out at least a couple of games. So sounds to me, to me like he would be out for sure a week, maybe two probably you're not going to be playing until the playoffs at best. That would be my guess, but um, who knows? I mean, I, I don't, I don't really don't have a, a firm grasp, a grasp on that injury and how long it's going to be, how long it's going to take him out. I mean, Logan Ryan can play corner. He can play safety. Um, you also have Isaiah Oliver, who is, you know, in a slot corner, um, is what he played in Atlanta last year, but he could probably play safety. And, you know, you have Darrell Luter Jr., who's a veteran press man corner, so he gives you cornerback depth. So if you want to, you know, put Oliver outside, he, you know, Luter's coming on for sure, athletic guy. Um, and then they've got on the practice squad, they've got guys, even as far as DBs, you know, they've got Verrett. Maybe that's why they were going, giving Verrett some time this week, is they want to make sure that they, you know, have options as far as going forward, but they also have Taylor Hawkins and, you know, Taylor and they also have Eric Harris on the practice squad. Hawkins is interesting because he had a really good camp and um, got caught up in a numbers game and was a college corner who can really cover. And he's not afraid of the situation. He, you know, he hasn't played a lot, but he's not, um, it's not like there's totally without anybody there. Hawkins is a good cover guy as a former corner. So, We'll see. He has never gotten his opportunity, um, but this late in the year, sometimes you've got to look to your depth, and you may have to see Taylor Hawkins step up and play a role. Yeah, I mean Taylor Hawkins, SDSU kid, right? I think. Yeah. Um. He 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 played decent decently. I thought I saw him a little bit in that Raiders game. I believe. Uh. He obviously got cut from the team, so we're talking about a guy that's potentially starting as a guy who didn't even make the opening day roster. Uh, but they, but he practice. really got caught up more in a numbers game, Kev. And I will say this, he had a really good camp. So, you know, he, he hit well in the preseason. He made a number of plays. I mean, they're, they're, they're in a, not a ter terrible position. If he has to play, he's a smart player. Um, he just hasn't played a lot and he's never, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a San Diego state corner who's tried to transition to safety. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I mean, he, they might have to lean on him. Yeah, the one thing I will I will say is putting I would never put Jason Ver. I mean, not never, but I, I would I would be pushing back on the Jason Verrett at safety if if there was a bandwagon going around about that. Uh, it's not like playing right field no. versus center field. It, it's corner versus safety. When you're playing corner, you're you're playing a man. When you're playing safety, you're playing more of like a you're playing a larger area. It's it's different hip movements. It's it's you're making more open field tackles. It's it's 
it's it's much it's a different position. You can't just it, the the transition from corner to safety in the NFL is not yeah. just a smooth transition. Anyone can do it. So I wouldn't just be like, hey, you got a good corner, I'll put him out in safety. It's the same thing. It's like no, it's not the same thing. The fact that Logan Ryan can play it and he's kind of made that transition. I think he even said it himself when you interviewed him. Like, hey, you know, because I think you asked him to the transition. He said, hey, it's like it's a completely different movement with your legs and your hips. And and it's true. It's just you're playing center field. It's like playing center field versus playing like third base. It's 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 not it's not the same position. No, not at all. And um, but yet, you know, all hands on deck. You just heard Kyle there. Yeah. I mean, basically, anybody who's. Uh, anybody who John at Lynch. all who could be used in coverage, and when he when he says that, you know, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles was a collegiate safety. Um, he was a safety at Arizona, so it's not like they don't they couldn't throw Demetrius Flanagan Fowles back there in you know for a handful of plays and at you know one of the safety spots. They they could try that if they felt desperate enough. They have more bodies at linebacker more healthy bodies than they do in the secondary. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked if that were an option either. Um, I think we're about ready to get to calls. I know there was one more thing you want me to play just for the, just for jokes uh, about Cam Newton, but uh, just remind everyone, I think we, it's time to hit the sponsors and just remind everyone to join the chats or join the calls because we are about to take calls. All right. Well, sure. There we go. Um, okay. We've got, of course, the title sponsor of the crew show is New York style Italian sausage. And no, I should say it is pig in a pickle, pig in a pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week. So we were just there at pig in a pickle in uh, Corte Madera for the watch party before the Cardinal game. We had a great time, said hi to Damon and Mary. They have awesome barbecue. The place is amazing, Kev. You ate and drank, and then ate and then drank some more. People, people knew me. I was uh, that was the funniest thing. I was I was introducing you myself. You were to somebody that day that you were. I, know. I was like, hey, I, I'm Kevin. And they're like, I know. I watched the Krug show. I know what your name is. And I'm like, oh right, I forgot. Like I, people know who I am. I guess. I don't yeah. Know. So we were at Pig in a Pickle, and Kev was being <laughs> recognized for the very first time, and it's a it's a huge moment in a young man's life. <laughs> Uh, we're also brought to you by New York style Italian sausage. Check them out in every grocery store across Northern California. Uh, the best Italian sausage in the world, in the world. world. Mask from a pony. <laughs> Mask from pro- I can't say it. You can't say it. I, I had a, I had a, uh, you know, stuffed mushroom, uh, recipe that I put together for the holidays and it had a cheese called, what was it, Kev? <sighs> I'm making. I'm gonna make Mars, that cut. Mars Capone. Mars Capone. Uh, yeah, we don't know. We still don't know how. To we don't say. know. We don't know. How to I, say. I think I'm gonna put but out. It a, was uh, really good. They were I'm really a, good. I'm gonna put out a reel of you just fumbling on it and be like, the the Niners weren't the only thing that choked on Christmas. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, I choked. I, I mean, I didn't one take it, two take it, three take it. I took. I gave 19. Took it. You know, it was just there was a lot of takes. There was a lot of takes. Uh, but thanks also to New York to uh, Marin Auto Glass. 415-883-3030. You shatter a windshield. You're in the bay. You need someone to come out and pop out the old one and pop in the new one. Marin Autoglass is for you. First class, 415-883-3030. MarinAutoglass.com. And also, of course, Mojo Fantasy and Underdog Fantasy. Check the link in the description. Use the promo code KRUG, and they will match you in your first $100. 
All right, let's hit a couple of these supers and then let's get, take some calls. We wait, got... wait, wait, actually put that down for a second. Let me just let me just right, play whoa, this video. Oh, 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 yeah. Anyway, you wanted it, you wanted to hear this. Just All FYI, right, right. This... Oh, okay, we got that's right. I want to hear this for, for the people that don't know. Uh, there was a whole thing this morning where Cam Newton was kind of, I, I don't know, making fun of the Niners for losing, and right. Debo was on with Kay Adams, which he does every week after games, and he was kind of he kind of called out Debo um, there's a video on the channel about it today you can check out that video where we put the videos in all that and you had your reaction to it but this is Cam Newton responding back to Debo and there's just a funny line in here that we we just have to we have to joke about okay let's hear it. I love this day and age that we're in because it's gives so many people opportunities to kind of speak on things in real time right Something that just hit my desk in regards to Kay Adams. I love her, by the way. Need to get her on fourth and one uh, for sure. Uh, but she kind of stretched the truth when when talking to Debo Sanders in regards to the ha 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 or Cam said ha ha ha. I used the monocle emoji basically saying like, what's going on here? Not to retract my statement. I said what I said, or in this case, I emoji what I emoji. Um, now, Debo, my guy, been a fan, still a fan. You must stop the cap, bro. I <laughs> now my point is this: you said something like, "Cam, stop calling my phone." I'm like, motherfucker, I don't got your number. That whoever calling you, that ain't that ain't my phone calling you. We we won't get all the way into it because it was actually found out that it. Debo was getting trolled, but I just think we both think that this you must stop the cap, bro. I <laughs> this part been a fan, still a fan. You must stop. Where is I it? Emoji. Yeah. yeah, here it I, is. I emoji what I emoji. I emojied <laughs> what I emoji. That is an all time emoji. Quote. What I, I emojied what I emojied. <laughs> that is the future, man. That is the future. I emojied what I emojied. All right. We're not going to even talk in sentences. Stop the cap, man. I, I emoji what I emojied. Baby, I emojied what I emojied. <laughs> <laughs> I emojied. It's so dumb. Oh, my goodness. Debo. I mean, Debo and Cam. Cam, the, once Cam listed the names of all the Fox and ESPN, uh, you know, people who do the hiring. It was pretty clear what his intentions are. Cam's just trying to get on one of those shows. Um, and he'll probably be successful if he keeps if he stays with it. But I emojied what I emojied. I love that. That is beautiful. All right. That can we, Kev, can we get a t-shirt? Is it possible we can come up with the Krug Show t-shirt that like it has like a Krug Show? Can we design it like on the front and says, you know, the Krug Show on the back, it quotes Cam. The I I emojied what I emojied. Yeah, if we if we keep it up as a thing, I'll make it sure. I'll make it sure. Sure. Can we make that a thing? I would really like it if we could make <laughs> That's that. That's on a you, thing. man. That's on you. You're gonna <laughs> have to dri- you're gonna have to drive the emoji to I emojied bus. You know, I I may have to do that. I may have to do that. Who would like an I emojied what I emojied T-shirt? Let us know. Um. All right, let's hit a couple supers, then we'll jump in and take some calls. We definitely want to do that. Saul Goodman. In the house on this Wednesday, he said last game was season-defining. Either the 49ers bounce back or tailspin. Injuries are a major concern, and being able to lock up the first seed, Rams are trouble. 
I don't think I would disagree with any of that. Yeah, the Rams. The Rams are playing really well. I've heard it. There's been a lot of rumblings about the Rams in the in the Niners community. A little bit of a concern going into that last game, which will that'll be good. That'll be exciting. I'm actually excited for that game. I don't know if if the last game is going to be season defining either. That I don't. The Niners didn't necessarily play it that way. I mean, they could have put Purdy back in. They stayed with Darnold. Supposedly Purdy could have gone back in. Um. You know, they, they, they didn't have Eric Armstead. Who's their, you know, really their leader on defense. So, I mean, yeah, the Niners are are banged up and it's, that's the deal. It's a war of attrition and you're going to have to get there with your backups and they're going to have to coach them up. And maybe there's going to be some young safeties playing this week. And, um, you know, guys that were signed just this week, like Sebastian Joseph day, are going to get some run. And, um, you know, I was talking to T.Y. McGill about that. I said, T.Y., you know, you're a guy that's played a lot of football in past years. Um, how are you feeling right now? And he's like, you know, that's the great part about the situation of the depth that they have had is a guy like T, you know, T.Y. McGill uh, is just knows that he's rested. He's rested and ready to roll. So, yeah, I don't know if it's season to defi- season defining is more like the changes your season. I mean, it's season changing the game because, you know, you lose a game, you're not locked into the one seed you have to win the next two games but season defining would be like you look back on this year and you're like oh then that ravens game was the game that changed it all like that's more like last year's like dolphins game where where jimmy g got hurt and purdy came in like that was a game defining game you know well i mean if you want to look at the football part of it though what did the ravens do in this game they blitzed purdy off the edges and they dropped a lot of guys into the middle of the field they anticipated the windows that he would throw into and they closed down that space. They got a bunch of, uh, you know, they arrived as the ball arrived. They played outstanding coverage. They, they shrunk the field and made those windows small. He likes to throw in certain windows. Now, can he adjust now that they've shown success in defending him that way? Uh, Cause they know he likes to throw to certain spots on in breaking routes um, and they and they used Hamilton as kind of a guy. They were just going to drop and read the quarterback's eyes the whole time, um, and that's what they did. And he didn't. He you know he needed to be extremely patient and move the ball down the field. And he's an aggressive guy, so he threw that ball into a tight window, and Hamilton picked it off. And to me, the only mistake that the Niners made, as far as you want to take Shanahan to task, is just that. You know, they've got the number one running back in football, and he only got 14 carries. And they ran for almost eight yards a carry, and yet, you know, there was more there, I thought. I mean, I wanted to see more runs. I think it could have been a game where they really gutted them. Uh, Instead, they put the ball in the air a lot, against a really good coverage, and the turnovers killed them. So, I, you know, it's interesting. If these teams were to play again, I think the 49ers would be favored, and I – I, I think it would be a really good football game. I think it would once again come down to can Purdy take care of the football against the pressure of the Ravens defense on all three levels. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't agree with the people that say that the Ravens would have won nine times out of ten. I, I really don't think so. No, uh, James Foster. What's up with Drake Jackson? He's the perfect guy to have for uh, guys like Lamar. He's always he always makes plays too, just as good as Gregory, right? Well, I mean, Drake Jackson um, had has had an injury, and I don't know. I mean, I talked to him today, but, you know, he's there. He's there rehabbing. 
but um, they he's on IR right now, so they'd have to call him off IR. And I don't know how they you know actually feel about Drake. He had the big week one against Pittsburgh. He's got a ton of talent. He was a high draft choice. Um, but I, you know, at this point, you know, they obviously they added Gregory. I thought Gregory really played well, by the way. When I watched the game again, he's just an aggressive, high motor guy who flies around and makes plays. I mean, I think the biggest the biggest surprise of the entire season has just been the lack of Drake Jackson in this season. Because there was so much talk yeah. before the season, and rightfully so, because he was he was their guy before they got Cleveland Farrell, and even when they got Cleveland Farrell, it was it was kind of a Cleveland Farrell's a washed out early pick from the Raiders from Clemson, who you know maybe he'll have a role on this defensive line, and it went from Drake Jackson being the one to being the two to being the three. Now he's the four, you know. So it's like, what happened to Drake Jackson? So that is something I would like to know. What do the Niners really believe or really think? about Drake Jackson, who was their second second was the second round pick at the first pick of their draft in what 2020. So yeah, what happened to that guy? And he and he and you know he he played well against the Steelers. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's a practice thing. Maybe some maybe they see something in practice. Maybe this injury's bad. I, I don't know. I uh, you know I just think that it may, he he needs more development for sure. And um he needs more strength. He needs more explosiveness. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think, and, and they didn't want to wait and develop. Um, and he's got an injury. I mean, I think he, you know, I think the upside's significant with Drake Jackson. Um, he's got flexibility. He's got speed. He's got desire. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch, but yeah, it's kind of fun. kind of weird because he had that first, first one, you know, week one performance. And then, it just seemed like he just didn't have any counter moves if he didn't win off the first move. So we'll we'll, we'll have to see how it how it develops. Slavic Niners says Kevin is a rock star now. Look at that. We got this one from Douglas Mikes. He says Larry's new studio makes him look like a like a like a what a Sith Lord. Yeah, um, I don't even know what that is. Not sure. Not sure. I had to uh, I have to pull this one up. My my buddy Nathan Wu says. This Kevin guy is weird. Thanks, Nathan. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Who needs enemies when you can have friends like that? Yeah, seriously, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> why, do, why do you got to be that way? Why do you got to be that way? All right. It is time for call them. Is it time for the calls? We got it's people in the, the in the chat. Who, Let's go to what, the one and only. Who was the uh, guy who called before and was like, um, I want to make sure. Remember, uh, was it? Uh, he, t- he said, I, I didn't have the guts to take him. Remember? He goes like, oh, that guy. was um, yeah. Who was it that said I didn't have the guts? Um, it wasn't Dan Michael Coach Millian, or was no, it? no, it was it was Michael Miller. Michael Miller. Michael Miller. Look at that, Danny. Yeah, I see Dan you Coach Emilio in the in the green room. Yeah. Oh, this I'm is glad. this is gonna be one of the better. This is gonna, this gonna be an epic. This is gonna be an epic. It's gonna be an epic showdown. Should I invite Cy? Oh, invite Cy. Have you wait matchup? <laughs> they can go at each other. Play a little eye of the tiger if we could. Big Mo Easy. What's up, Big Mo? Fellas, what's cracking? How you guys doing? doing? Kev, Larry, my guys. What's up, How man? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. This were uh, it's good to see you, man. Did you have a good holiday? I sure did, man. You know what? I ain't gonna lie, bro. It was the most low-key Christmas I had in a minute. 
I didn't go to a lot of parties, just kind of hang out with my family, bro. And it's, honestly, it was the best one ever, man. It was just hella relaxed, and I loved it. Nice. I like that beanie, man. You got the beanie going. What kind of oh, temperature yeah. in Vegas tonight? Uh, I think it's like, what, 45 maybe right now? Oh, look at you. Yeah, that's nothing Chilling. too crazy. Yeah, man. Hey, I'm from Hawaii, but I can handle this. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing bad. Once we get to 35, then I'll be like, give me a coat. <laughs> it's, so, it's so damn hot there most of the time anyway. You probably like the cold. Yeah, bro. Summertime is terrible here. Let me just say that. 115, 118 sometimes. It's like, oh, uh, yeah. It's a rough one, man. Rough, rough. So what'd you think? What'd you think, uh, Big Mo? Rough one against the Ravens. Give us your takes. Oh, man. All right. So let me just say this, gentlemen. I am so disappointed with how we came out, man. You know what I mean? I'm so sick. But I'm not sick about the loss, per se. It's not the loss that kills me. It's how we lost. It's how our guys got hurt running that stupid-ass game plan that Kyle put together. Man, I ain't an expert, bro. I ain't a coach. You know what I mean? I'm just a guy who loves Niners football, so I'm sure. going to put it out there like that. You know what I mean? I'm, I love Brock Purdy, but you know what I saw on Monday night? What I saw on Monday night was what I see this time of year on Saturdays when a college coach is gearing up their quarterback to try to win their Heisman, making their Heisman push. I felt like we were trying to win an MVP for Purdy instead of winning the damn game. The Ravens came to play. We did not. We had some foo-foo game plan going on. Bro, we're killing them on the run. We don't run. I, You know, let's just be honest. Everybody who's watching this right now, Everybody here watches Niners football. And for us to get in the red zone and then go five wide, what is going on? We run the ball. We are a smash mouth team. We put it down people's throats. And when we were running the ball, we were gashing them. So it's just like, you know, like looking at the game from outside in. And like I said, I'm not a professional, bro. I'm not an expert. You know what I mean? I'm just a guy who loves Niners football. But if you saw what I saw, then I'm pretty much sure we're all on the same page because, like I said, man, that game plan was boo-boo. Bro, it just felt like they were really trying to get Purdy to win the MVP over Lamar in that game instead of really just going down, handling the business, and then not having to worry about these last two games as much. And like I said, I'm more pissed off about the fact that we got our guys injured with that bullshit-ass game plan. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, if we came out of there with a loss and we played the way we were supposed to play, then, man, no beefs about it, bro. Hey, the better team won. But, dude, we didn't even put the best product on the field. And that's what <clears throat> that's what effing kills me, guys. Well, I mean, you know, the, the fact of the matter is we can break it down. You know, there was 11 series. They had five of them end via turnover. I mean, it's just it's really real. And they still wound up with a chance, you know, at the end. If Darnold punches it in, they could have had a chance to tie and stop the clock inside the two-minute warning. So, there's a lot of adversity in the game. I mean, you got to credit McDonald. He had a great game plan. Um, I think the Niners on offense, their condensed formations made it easier for the corners of the Ravens to blitz off the edges. Um, and that obviously made it, you know, made it for the time shorter for Brock Purdy to get rid of the football. He had to make some really quick decisions. Um, and they, they, they absolutely knew the, the areas of the field that he wanted to throw, the windows he wanted to throw in, and uh, that he threw anticipatory passes, and they just dropped into coverage, read the quarterback, 
clouded that space with all kinds of defenders and picked off, you know, they were either there at the boat when the ball arrived or they were ahead of the ball or they got the lucky bounce, but it was their night. Um, and they, you know, as far as the interceptions went their way. So I'm mean, just, a, just kind of the way, way that game went. Um, now the big question to me is I think the team can flush that, that loss. Now it's a matter of, can they stay healthy? Who's going to play in this Washington game? It's going to be Jacoby Brissett and not Sam Howlett quarterback. And then if the Niners can win that game, which they should, um, then they've got a Ram team that's playing really good football in week 18. And that's one of the biggest challenges ever because you got Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua and Higby and Kyron and Stafford. Uh, the Rams right now offensively are, are really churning. So um, it's going to be a huge challenge for the defense for sure. And that's my uh, biggest problem with this last game, you know, because like, so let's get back to it. The defense, we got a, I mean, we got a lot of guys hurt this game. You know yeah. what I mean? And even with the three picks, when we were still three picks in, bro, we were only eight points down and our defense was still holding us in. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't understand why we didn't go to the run, try to slow the game down. You know what I mean? Let Purdy collect himself a little bit and then, you know, do what we do. But like I said, it's just like adding to your point, Larry. It's like we got two more games we got to worry about. And now we got guys hurt that we really need for this push. Man, I don't think that we're going to lose these next two games. But, man, we ain't making it easy on ourselves. That's for sure. Well, I mean, it's just the way it goes. It's a war of attrition and and you're going to have to lean on some guys and and, you know, I mean, I think the Niners will probably take it to the commanders, the command, you know, the commanders. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, this can be a challenge here at the end. Um, then they're going to have to figure out a way to I mean, you, you can think about the playoffs and they're going to be in them. But I mean, do you how badly do you want to have the whole thing at home? You know, I'll say this. It's not the end of the world if they have to go to Detroit or something like that to win a game. Um, it's not like this team's going to crumble. If they don't get home field. But the home field would be nice, especially in more than anything. That number one seed in the first round buy, I mean, it's the it's the buy that they this team badly needs. Yeah, we need that rest. The rest is key. If we can get yeah. that rest, then we can smash through the playoffs in the Super Bowl. And we can take and home that trophy. Is is the rest any more important, or it's it's more important than ever now, isn't it? I mean. Look at all the injuries. They're they're pretty banged up. And you can that was the thing going into the bye. The Niners had lost three straight, right? Going into the bye. Right. They looked tired on defense. They were giving up. Oh, yards. really tired. And especially in the secondary. The Niners defense is not looking bad at, at all, but that that week of rest would definitely sharpen them up. It would a hundred percent sharpen them up. Well, yeah, especially because we got older players on our team. You know what I'm saying? Like, the vets need to get rested up so we can make that push. I mean, you guys are right about everything you're saying. You know what I mean? Like I said, I just was bending my frustrations because the biggest thing is, is, man, we took a lot of injuries in this game. And if we would have played the right game plan, honestly, I think we could have came out with the W. Now, some people were like, nah, Mo, we're playing like 4D chess, bro. We didn't want to show them everything, you know, just in case if, you know, we see them in the Super Bowl. And I'm like, dude, we showed them so much because we started throwing all kinds of plays, all kinds of passes that we would never, never have to dig into that bag normally in order to, you know, we put a lot of stuff on tape, man. And it's like, uh, it's just like, I don't know, man. You know, like I said, 
on to the next. You know what I'm saying? Let's go Niners. But uh, it's, it's definitely frustrating to see how much of a loss we took, not only with the W, we didn't get the dub, but we lost a lot of players man, in this game. You know what I mean? Okay, so, so let's get to the real topic here. You live in Vegas, and and New Year's Eve is, is just around the corner. If you live in Vegas, how what do you do on New Year's Eve? I mean, because, you know, we know Vegas people, tons of people go to Vegas for New Year's Eve, but Big Mo, what's Big Mo Easy's New Year's Eve going to look like in Vegas? Uh, well, this 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 is a family show, right? No, 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 no. I'm kidding. Oh. No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, so check this out. This is basically what it is. If you, depending on how long you lived in Vegas. So if you had recently just moved to Vegas, if you've been here maybe like a couple years or so, whatever, then you're going to head down to the Strip. You're going to go ahead hit the chaos. I mean, that's what I did when I first moved here. You know, now I'm like. 20 plus years into Vegas. You know what I mean? So what I do is I get together with a whole bunch of good friends. We have an awesome house party, man. We set up some fireworks because, you know, it's legal here in Nevada. <laughs> and, uh, we you know, we just have a good time with a whole bunch of good friends, man. That's it, man. Bringing the new year with people that we love, you know? Sounds good, man. Hey, have a great one. We appreciate you jumping into the Krug Show. Happy holidays and, and uh, go Niners. Keep the faith. They'll get the commanders. They'll find a way with the Rams. They'll get their rest. They'll get their ring. Man, I always keep the fake guys. You know me, man. I'm positive, man. But, hey, let me just say this. Larry, I love the new studio, bro. That shit is looking wicked, brother. It's awesome. Kev, you. if you bless them with that uh, neon for Christmas, bro, you are a solid-ass son, my dude. I'm telling you. Oh, I am. All right, I gentlemen, am. everybody out here, bro. Happy New Year to everybody, bro. And guess what, bro? Let's be like these pig in a pickle, baby. Big Mo Easy. Classic. Oh, man. Classic. 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 Person Big in the Mo chat easy. With, person in the green room with the name that is probably not your name. Uh one, you need to have your camera on, and two, you probably switch your name. If you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right. Should we go to Danny? We're gonna uh no, I think Danny no no offense, Danny, well, but I think Danny Cub was Dan in there here before him. Oh, oh, look at that. Danny. Danny yeah. Danny's gonna have to wait. Danny, don't go anywhere. I know your show's going for about three and a half hours, so we're gonna get to Danny in a minute. Oh, you're we in. We go to Cubs. Cubs. What is it? Cubs Threb. Cubs Three E B. Three E B. Three E B. Cubs E Three E B. Yeah. So Three uh, E B stands for Third Eye Blind. There you go. All right. It's your it's your favorite so, band. Yeah, man. Like, uh, I don't know, 20 some odd years ago, that was my favorite band. They still are. And they're from San Francisco. So they've always been the thing. So it's whatever. You're, you're booming. Yeah. His mic is loud, huh, Kev? Is he, yeah, is he... he's maxed out. Yeah, that's the max for sure. Is there a way to turn your mic down just a tad? I mean, it's, I want to say I don't enjoy the conversation, but you're just a, <laughs> you're just a, well, turn that music down. Why? Is that no, better? Okay. Uh, yeah, just, just talking like kind of a, a low voice. You'll probably be fine. It's fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. Just it's, pretend like you're uh, pretend like we're putting right now. I'm on the green. He's. It's really he's hard in the to library. do. Yeah, we're in the library. He's, got right a, he's on a six. He's got yeah, a six I, foot I, shot from left to right. All right, go ahead. I, Talk, I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. Okay. We'll be fine. Just fire away. Okay. Well, I don't mean to hurt anybody's ears. So I'm going to talk as low as I can. This is very hard to do, Krug. 
No, just stay. Just go with your regular voice, and we'll live with it. Okay. All right. So I have like fifteen topics I want to talk about, but I'm going to limit it to like one or two. Okay. Don't and keep in First mind question. as you're telling these to- these stories that Dan, the great Dan Cochamilio from the greater state of Arizona, his appearance on this show, and there are thousands of people that will show up when Dan shows up. Um, we're putting him on hold to get this. Go ahead. Continue. How many people do we have left to activate off IR? One, I think. Right. Uh, there's a limit to the number of T and number of players you can pull off IR. That, that is true. As far as how many more and, can they pull off IR? I would say at least one, but I don't know. It's a good question. Right. This is a question. We ran into like, this last year. Did we not? So as far as which player to pull off IR at the end of the year? No, but just how many do we have left? Because yeah, we ran has... into this problem last year. Good. Yeah, Sorry, coach. NFL... You're good. This says that NFL teams can designate up to eight players to return from IR in a certain se- in a in a given season. So who's who's come they back definitely... from IR? Womack, Luter. Luter was on the pop. I don't know if he was on the IR. This uh, is like a Womack Matt Barrows came question. Back. Matt yeah. Barrows would know the answer to this question. He would he would know. How dare you ask us pertinent questions? <laughs> I can't help it. I'm sorry. What do you think this is? You think we're supposed to be knowledgeable? We're just barely alive here. Now, go ahead. What's the yeah, but that's the first one. Like, So how many do we have left? Is this the reason that Eric wasn't put, Eric Armstead wasn't put on IR? Is because well, we're trying to limit what we can activate? I man, his no, player I fasciitis. Okay. No, no, I think it, his injury has been. He's had a couple injuries. First of all, he's a significant player, so they're not gonna. You know, they're not. They definitely want to have him more. You know, as much as possible. So there's that factor. Then he, the nature of his injury, you know, it's like a week to week situation. So. I think that's a big part of it. If he had had an injury right. that that was a little bit more defined, because when you put him a guy in IR, he's got to be out for a month. Yeah, all four weeks. Yes, this is true. But okay, so not knowing Eric's uh, um, injury, um, right. you know what to expect for it. So signing uh, Sebastian uh, Joseph Day was a great sign, yeah. but was that to cover up for? It might be something else Probably. or is it to mask Eric, but then it might what do we have? They, it might be because they're very concerned about Eric Armstead's ability to return. Also, I just mentioned to Shanahan today. I said, you know, you got to be really excited by the fact that you could get this high quality of a player at week right. 17. And he's yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, there's no doubt. I mean, this is a 28-year-old player who's 310 pounds, great athlete, good mover. This is not like, uh, they just added a guy. This guy's actually decent. He's a pretty good player. So that's kind of rare. For, you don't see that. And for a pro-rated contract, I don't know, million, million and a half, whatever he's going to get for the last game or two, I have no idea. They don't have to cover his deal uh, coming from uh, San Diego going through waivers. He just he signed that. Right. That was very exciting to me when I read that that headline. I was, but then the first thought I thought was, "Oh man, that's to cover up for Eric Armstead." That you're 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 plugging the guy or Kalia Davis, like you're covering up. Like they needed him for a reason, 
so then that uh, brings me back to the question of how many activations off of IR do we have left? I, I have no idea. Has anybody know thought I, about this? I know I said I, I know I said one, but now that I know it's eight, I feel like they have more than eight, or they have more. They haven't used all eight. There's no That's way. what I, I, I can't no. think of any more. Yeah, it should be like six. I think what I was reading was that they they demote they put someone back on the practice squad and then reactivated him and then like they can't put him back on the practice squad. I can't remember someone who they elevated for the last game. They had already put on the pack practice squad twice now and then they can't do that anymore or they have to cut him or keep him on the roster. And I think that was I think that was Ty McGill. I think so or yeah. So that sounds I, forget right. what I was saying. Yeah, forget what I was saying about yeah how many they have left. But I'm okay. So, how many people have we put on IR this year? I, I can count of like, like I don't know, three, four. I mean, I mean, I can tell you who's who they have put on IR. It's um, George Odom, Talanoa Fonga, Nick Sakel, Cameron Latou, Drake Jackson, Kalia Davis, Ray Ray McLeod, and um, Danny Gray. And now Danny Gray had his window open today. Right. So eight. They've had eight guys on IR this year, and they've called back off IR. Um, Gray, uh, well, they may call Gray back, but they haven't yet. Um, well, they just I, opened his I window. Like, I like this None comment. of those guys. I feel like... <laughs> Sorry. None of those Sorry. guys were called back. Go ahead. What were you saying? Someone said in the chat, I feel like I'm on IR. Can we get to the next topic? <laughs> this is a very this is a very IR heavy conversation. I mean, okay. I'm gonna let you go. Um, but it's just how it no, bit I'm us sorry, in the I'm caboose sorry. last year is why I bring it up. I'm so yeah. sorry, Kev. And I'm so right. sorry to everybody in the chat. But last year, you that really man your, that sucked. Friend. Yes. No, yeah, don't apologize, man. I, I was just teasing. I, I it's it's all good, bro. That's all good, bro. All right, Cubs, 3EB. Have a good night. We appreciate you. There you go. The man himself. Um, and on that note, we go to Dan Coach Emilio behind a desk in a, in a studio. Yes, yes. And Danny, what's uh, going on? I needed to bring a little Italian into the chat. And for you, Larry, it's called Mascarpone. Can, wait, can I hear it again? Mascarpone. Mars Capone. Mascarpone. Ma. Mars. Ma. 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 Scar. Scar. Like you got a, a scar. Mascarpone. Yeah. There you go. Mascarpone. There you go. Doing a recipe with mascarpone cheese. Yes. See how it just rolls off the tongue. Mascarpone. There you go. That was my Never contribution tonight. Look at that. Mascarpone. Uh, ma mascarpone. Use it in a sentence. I yeah. use mascarpone in yeah. my stuffed mushroom yeah. recipe. Uh, um, yeah, there you go. The Niners go. were defeated by the Ravens because mascarpone got beat deep on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Any relation to Steve Scarsone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, well, enjoying your show. Uh, just wanted to, you know, uh, thank you again for all you've done for NorCal Sports Network, helping us get launched and i kind of regret it actually yeah i know you do but uh you know what, what can you say now we're 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 coming at you we're only thirty thousand, thirty-two thousand behind you 
if you guys get even, if I sense any real momentum, I'll sneak out. I'll you. squash you guys. I mean, if I, will never appear on I your will, show. I will attack everybody. I will. There will just be all kinds of accusations. Yeah. So, Danny, yeah. Where, where, what'd you think of the Niner game? I mean, they did. They lost to the Ravens. I. The yeah. more I looked at it yeah. when I watched the game again, I just think the Ravens. Well, on offense, Lamar was special, and on defense, they had a brilliant game plan. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they really did, and um, I, I, I just think, you know, if they meet again, it's a good tune-up for the Niners. It's, uh, a, you know, a lot of guys were out. A lot more guys are out now. That was my actually, you know, I thought about that. I never voiced it publicly, but it, inside, I thought, man. The Niners meet a physical team like Baltimore. I just hope hope a lot of guys don't get hurt. And unfortunately, you know, fortunately, I guess in some ways, nothing was really season ending, it sounds like. I mean, uh, it sounds like the worst ones were what? Uh, Brown going to be out maybe a couple weeks. And uh, well, it sounds like it. I don't you know, it's hard to say. They, you know, they said um, an ankle sp- or knee sprain. I got to think that would be a couple week injury. It's usually and, and, and when it Kyle was MCL? asked about it, when Kyle was asked about it, they they said, "Is it serious? Is it potentially serious?" It's like, "Yes, it could be potentially serious or something like that." So it doesn't sound. No, I think they said, "Is it concerning?" And he said, "Yes, it's, it's concerning." Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, this time of year, it, it's tough. I mean, that that buy is going to be all the more critical. Um, you know, but the NFL is such a week to week thing, you know, teams go in in funks and uh, the Rams have been hot, you know, uh, for the last five, six weeks. Maybe it's their turn when by the time that week 18 rolls around, maybe they're, you know, due for a little bit of a, a downward. And, and Kyle's had uh, McVay's number in the regular season. So. I mean, you can't look past the commanders either. No, you but really can't. I, mean, I will say uh, this, that that their offensive line of, you know, the left tackle, Charles Leno, the center, Tyler Larson, the, the right tackle, Andrew Wiley, they're all been dinged up with injuries. And so they're not they're not nearly 100% on the offensive line. Brian Robinson, their running back, has been hurt. Benjamin St. Just on their, in their secondaries is dinged up. So they have some injuries as well. Um but that is still a pretty good defensive line. Right, right. Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. I mean, you've got some good talent there. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I do like the signing of the, the the new guy that they brought in, the new defensive Joseph, tackle. Uh, yeah. I, I think I think that's good. I mean, I like – I always, I always love it when guys who uh, have played as recently as last week, you know, it's always you hear these free agents. Yeah, he hasn't played since week three as he was cut. and No one's picked him up. And those are the guys you kind of worry about. Hey, are they ready to play? You know, this, this guy, by the way, was the Chargers captain, captain. Yeah, earlier captain. this year. Yeah. <laughs> Think yeah. about that for a second. I mean, to get this guy in week 17 and he's a good athlete and he moves well. So we'll see. I mean, I'm eager to see what he what he can contribute. Uh, he played at Rutgers. He's played in a Super Bowl. Um, Chargers waived him. He cleared waivers. They signed him to a $24 million deal. And then I'm sure he had options of teams he could choose to go to. I asked him about it today, and he's like, hey, man, it's the Niners. So, um, you know, I mean, I'm this is a guy who's played in a Super Bowl. 
and he's not old. He's three, you know, he's six, three, three, 10. He's only 28 years old. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm excited to see what he can contribute. Yeah. Look forward to it. And uh, I'll just say this and let you guys go. Um, said it Monday night after the game on your post game show. I, I really don't think this is anything to get completely worked up about. If for some reason they lay an egg, you know, on Sunday, then it's really time for concern because they should trounce Washington. Uh, but, you know, losing to a strong team like Baltimore and the fact that they were still in the game with two minutes to go and they turned the ball over up to that point, four of their 11 position possessions and, you know, the, the game ender, uh, you know, by Darnold. But no reason to when you think about it, that they were in that game <laughs> and had they punched it in with two minutes to go we could have seen an historic uh, fourth quarter comeback. So it, it wasn't out of the realm that they played so badly. As you mentioned, they outgained them on the ground. They, they, you know, passing yards, it was just the turnovers. And sometimes that happens. I mean, two of those turnovers were pretty flukish. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, so and there's, a, I mean, there's always the luck and the bounce of the ball. And they I mean, created them. Baltimore helped create them. With that. I mean, I mean, Lamar. I mean, the, to me, it was real simple. Those weapons they has are just totally mediocre. Yeah. Zay Flowers is decent. Everybody else is just totally forgettable. It's Lamar. Lamar is playing. He played a brilliant game. He moved brilliantly within the pocket. He made a number of throws down the field. Um, a younger Lamar would have ran more. He runs less, but he but he doesn't run with any fear. So you really got to tackle him like a running back. You can't because he's going to cut it back up field. There was that one play he was on the sideline on the long run. Uh, it looked like he was going to cut it, cut it out of, you know, out of bounds. Most quarterbacks would not Lamar. He's an athlete yucks back inside and he goes, you know, work for more yardage after that. So he's yeah. an impressive player. He's, he's tough. He's smart. He's, he's a real, he's the MVP. I thought he played like the MVP in that game. And I've, if I had an MVP vote, I'd probably either give it to him or McCaffrey uh, after watching that. So it was, yeah. it was, a, it was a, he's a special player. Yeah. And then on defense, they're well coached. They had a great game plan. Yeah. All I'll yeah, say is that Lamar definitely played like an MVP in that game. But as a season, if you look at the season as a whole, I still think Brock had a better yeah, as, a, as a whole. You're Lamar. talking, he's played well in, you know, he's played what uh, 15 games. He's played well in, probably great in 12 of them. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, so spectacular. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this in closing, uh, go check out at your convenience after this show, check out Los is special. He did a little 15 minute recording, uh, on the NorCal sports network on the on 49ers. Okay. He did it on the 49ers. His take is about 15 minutes. His, uh, just kind of a, a Google earth picture, of what's going on with the uh, Niners, not to panic. Everybody first, the dinosaurs came and they got big and fat and died and turned into oil. And I, how far back does he go? Uh, <laughs> no, he just covered this last week and going oh, okay. forward. Yeah, yeah okay. just just the synopsis. You said of, Google. You said you know. Yeah, yeah. Synopsis: a, a big picture of the we Niners. We go back to 1950. Yeah. When going back to 1950 with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Brody moved to his left. Um, Danny, two names on your way out the door. The name that you, if you had to bet every dollar in your pocket 
or your accounts on the Giants signing next and the guy that you would sign next. Okay. If you, I think I you think ran the show. Yeah. Two names. Slosser dropped two names. Today. Yeah. Dropped name, news I... today. Slo- wait, 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 wait. News update. News update. Wait ding, a second. Ding, ding, ding. Wait a second. We must have a sounder. I think we've we've got a I think I've got a good one for a news update. Let's see. Hold on, hold on. Um no, wait a second. I gotta turn that up. Anyways, the Go ahead. I think it's like right. uh, <laughs> news update. News news update. Did you like that? No? There we go. It, I thought I think Slusser really... said something about I think Slusser said something about um, Bellinger. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, she did. I put that out. What? I, 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 I don't, don't buy it. They're, they're not going to get Bellinger's going to the Cubs or Toronto. He's not coming to the Giants. Did you say Bellinger? <laughs> yeah. Did, Bell- you, did you really say Bellinger to the Giants? Say, yeah, he's not coming to the Giants. No, Bellinger's not coming. I yeah. think who they probably will sign is. I think they're probably going to sign, which I, I don't that. care for. I don't want this signing, but I think they're going to go for Matt Chapman. I think it's not a well, well money spent. I think I should save that money, play Casey Schmidt at third, and put that money into starting pitching. Go sign Marcus Stroman and Blake Snell. Forget – and, you know, I, I do think they should sign Bellinger, but I, I see no way they, they'll get him. What did, you, what did Susan exactly say about Bellinger? Oh, let me let me see if I can. You want me to mimic it? I can. Yeah, I can do it. She said that they, they're they're doing it. They've done as best as they possibly could do to sign Cody Bellinger. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, it, she says, "Don't be surprised. They may still be in on Bellinger." And she says, "You know, Chapman, maybe Shamania reunion, because uh, he because of Bob Melvin, and that uh, I, I would endorse all three of those moves. Though yeah. I don't love the Chapman." Because I would go with Casey Schmidt. Yeah, I would go with Casey. Money. Just you know, save the money. Chapman's thirty-one. His but maybe they want to trade year. Casey Schmidt for something good. If you if they could, yeah, if they could do that. I mean, yeah, yeah. but anyway. So, um, but anyway, you guys, I know you got other people waiting, so I'll let you guys go and uh, come join us again sometime, Larry. Anytime you want to join, just shoot me a text. We're on every night. With well, Larry. as soon as the Giants do something that makes me actually yeah. go, hey, I wouldn't mind talking about that. Yeah, I know. It's I, kinda, well, it's, maybe we should do a dual, dual, dual extravaganza. See if we can drive some people to you in that. Yeah, next. we should. Yeah. We should we'll do, do a, that. We'll do a, a dual show at the NorCal Sports Network. Danny does a great job. Covers the uh, Giants, the Niners, Bay Area sports. Does a great job. Everybody, check you see out my trade? Team. You see my trade proposal today? I put out for the Warriors. For KD. Wait a wait a second. Wait a yeah, second. Yeah, you see that? Wait a second. Wait a second. See this? This is a pen. Okay, I'm writing it down. Go ahead, Dan. What is it? All right. It's uh, uh, Warriors sending uh, Wiggins. Wiggs. Draymond, Draymond Green. Oh my goodness! It's a monster deal. Yeah, and, and Moses Moody. Okay. Two. Because the Suns have zero depth to Phoenix for KD. Four, Might have eight. to throw in a first rounder as well, but I think it's a deal that could get done. This, Wiggins, Green, and Moody to the to the Suns for KD. It it matches the trade machine. Uh, did you see the uh, ar- article written by um, uh, in the athletic Marcus um, Thompson Thompson about the Warriors' problem is they have too much depth and. 
And it's true. What what are they going to do when when uh, GP two and Draymond come back? Who's you know whose minutes are going to get taken? You got to see. You got to let Kaminga play, man. The guys give him more. The more minutes you give him, TJD too. TJD and Kaminga need to play. Yeah. So um, odds too. Yeah. So I, I would love to see KD back. He's been flouting. He's been. He's never been able to match that energy and that tandem since he left with Curry. And he's all right. To- Wiggs, Green, Moody to the Suns for KD. You think the Suns would take that for KD? Uh, maybe if you threw in a first. I mean, they're going nowhere. They, they really are. They they have no depth. And uh, Wiggins and Green are both signed for four Wouldn't years. Wouldn't that be and- something if Draymond and, and KD were traded for one another? Well, Kev, yeah, I- would you make that trade? Uh, I guess, yeah. But I don't know if the Suns would make that trade. Draymond. Danny, you, you, you proposed it, but... I've seen you propose trades that you wouldn't yeah. do in the past. I would do that one. That's why I proposed it. I mean, I, I think that one I would do. I I, I think KD. Remember, be... remember the night you turned down a trade that you had proposed? <laughs> I couldn't remember. I made so many. Like, I don't like that trade. Was it always thinking <laughs> I proposed that trade? That was awesome. Um, okay, so I like that. Wiggins, Draymond, Moody to the Suns for KD. Yeah, maybe it might have to throw in a first, but it works through the trade machine. It's. I'll it's... say this. I like the idea. Uh, if you said, you know, you got three guys that you're, you're veterans, Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Are you going to the finish line with all three? Well, you, I'm sure Joe wants to go to the finish line with, with Steph. And then the, the question is about the other two. If, if Clay can play well, then maybe, but it seems like he might have to move on because he wants too much. And Draymond looks like he's got problems that they want, may want to move on from at this point. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's weird. I mean, Steph's going to have to sign off on this on some level. I wonder if he would maybe for KD, KD might be the one guy. And Lakeup loves KD. Well, I mean, here's the thing too. If, if, if the Warriors move off of Draymond green in a trade to Sacramento, it's like the Warriors traded trade. They, they got rid of Draymond green, but if the Warriors traded Draymond green to the Suns for KD, the Warriors didn't get rid of Draymond Green. The Warriors got KD. You know what I'm saying? Right. You right. see what I'm saying? It's like it It doesn't become, then it's not about like this big personal, like, you know, there's huge egos involved here. If you trade him for hair, if you trade him to the, to the uh, Kings for, you know, whatever, something, it, it's just, it's it plays like, you know, Steph quit on him or, you know, Steph sold him out or something. If you bring KD in, it's like, hey, it's KD. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no denying the magnitude of that player. Interesting, Danny. All right, Danny. Good. Have a good night. Good luck with All the right. channel. We'll talk to you soon. Merry okay. Christmas. Happy New yeah. Year. Thanks, you too, Thanks, guys. Danny. There you go. The great Dan Cochamilla. Um. All right. Is it woo time? Is the audience woo going woo? Woo? Or is it time for Kyle McKiernan? It's Nathan Woo. It's time for woo. How's there going, he is. Guys? There he is, the man, the myth. Are you guys able to hear me? We can yeah, hear you. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, All right, perfect. If, if you are the local Broncos fan, we will run you. We will run you out of here. Well, yeah, I guess Don't, the first thing I was first of all, say before that. we get going, you're you're yeah. not real. I just want the audience to know this is not a real Bay Area sports fan. This is this is a Denver fan. This is, when you see this man, look at think of you're watching, you're staring into the eyes of John Elway. 
I mean, I got my uh, Demarius Thomas shirt on right here. Look so at that. He's a, he's a yeah. he's a Bronco fan. I mean, I know I know people are like, what? How do Bronco fans really exist? Yes, they do exist. <laughs> for the for the for the Niners fans that don't know what's going on, Russ is being benched right now so that they can cut him. If he if he doesn't get injured, they can cut him and save like thirty seven million on the cap next mm-hmm. year. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Like so that. I wanted to hear kind of what what you guys thought about that. I know obviously it doesn't really relate, but I mean, Russ has owned the Niners for so long now. It's like, where is he going to go next to beat you guys? What do you mean it doesn't relate? Are you trying to say that we're lim- we're just some tiny little uh, Niner podcast and we can't relate to the national scene? We we have we can we can talk Broncos. Uh, we may lose half the audience in the process, but we can talk Broncos. Damn it! And probably not for. Yeah, I mean, probably I, mean I would talk Warriors too. I mean that that game against the Nuggets. I mean, Jokic what oh, eighteen for eighteen from the line. Like, look at that! Another Denver oh, Kerr guy. Was not happy in, about that. Putting in our face. Another. You know, remember when Denver beat the Warriors? What's next? <laughs> you you're gonna remember our Rockies game where somebody hit a three run bomb off of uh, Doval? I mean, you're killing us. All right, let me look at the Broncos. So, obviously, uh, Russell's a future Hall of Famer, and they're going to Jared Stidham. What's Peyton saying about it? I mean, it came out that like they wanted to re they wanted Russ to agree to recontract or reconstruct his contract, right? To, to like an Aaron Rodgers contract to then sign more weapons for him in a better line. Because I mean, I mean, McGlinchey has not been playing well oh, he's as much terrible. as he's like. <laughs> Walter Payton, man of the year, like captain, like he's just not cutting it like at all. Um, yeah. Not to say that Russ is playing amazing, but then, I mean, the numbers right now, him and Mahomes have like similar numbers. Obviously the games go how they may, but, but I mean, he's not horrible. It's just, I mean, it, it was in all honesty, it was probably one of the worst trades ever. Looking I mean, back. you can't say he doesn't have weapons. He's got Cortland Sutton, Marvin Mims, Jerry Judy. I mean, uh, yeah, but if Troutman's not the worst Jerry tight Judy, end of like, all time, you, get, you know, they've got, as much he's got as weapons. I love Jerry Judy. He's he's running track out there. He's not he's not catching the ball at all. So it's like, and they say I don't know Sean how Payton, Sean Payton's saying, you know, let's let's get these playmakers the ball, like, um. You know, like Judy and Mims, and then just nothing in the game plan is for them. But he says it every week. And then, you know, Russ makes incredible throws escaping the pocket, but just never enough. I don't know if how much of it is 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 Peyton propping up Wilson or if Wilson just having a better year. But I, that was a ridiculous trade. I mean, the Broncos yeah. got the Broncos got they, fleeced bad in that. They line. got fleeced. Well, yeah. they they were dreaming the dream. I mean, you're not going to buy the big name, Hall future Hall of Fame quarterback for nothing. It's going to cost you. And John Schneider uh, took was it George Payton? Is that who it is? Who's the GM in Denver? Yeah, yeah. No, everyone they they want him gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're I'm calling sure. for his head right now. He's on so. the hot seat in Denver for sure. So I don't know. I, you know, it, they're they're in an interesting spot for sure. They do have some talent on defense. So, I mean, think about it. Sertan on the set on the third level, and then uh, you know, I mean, Baird Browning and um, Josie Jewell, Drew Sanders in the future, right? Mm-hmm. They've got some decent players. DJ Jones, Zach Allen up front. I mean, they need some help, but they've got some some building blocks on their defense. It's not a total total S show on D, but it's a matter of getting the right guy. That I mean, it's. 
it's an interesting market. I mean, they're passionate about their Broncos in Denver for sure. But yeah, I mean, um, also we gave you guys Randy Gregory for like a six round pick. He was just not, yeah. he's non-existent in the pass rush for us. And then like you talked about a little bit earlier, I mean, he had a decent game, but was not the player at all we signed um, going into it. I mean, he was supposed to not necessarily like replace a Von Miller type figure, but he was supposed to come off the edge with Browning and it's, it was just non-existent. Yeah. And, and Gregory's played pretty well, to be honest for the yeah. Niners. I mean, I think he's looked good. I mean, in some ways, I think Gregory has gotten more consistent pressure than Chase Young. Um, so, and I think he's definitely faster. So yeah, we'll, you know, we'll see on that front. Um, what do you think though? I mean, now is this going to set up for Russell to Seattle? Is he going to return to Seattle? That would, that would kill me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, now I'm, I, now all Broncos fans hate Seattle, just like, just like all the Niners, but I mean, you do not, you do not want him in Seattle again. I mean, he just, he just kills you guys, man. Well, I mean, I, yeah, that is true. He's a winner. I mean, heck, I mean, Russell, what well, he's like 18 and four or something like that, 18 and five against the Niners. I mean, he's, he's owned them. He, you know, it, it, it's, he's, he just plays winning football. Um, yeah. So, so there you go. No, yeah. Right. I, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to the draft. I'm seeing, hopefully, if we can trade up for Jaden Daniels. I'm seeing JJ McCarthy, which I'm not really, I don't like too much, but I don't know. I, I just need something to be excited about and not go through that whole. Where are the Broncos? Let's, let's check this real quick here. I think we're the, 14 right now. 14? Is that what it is? Yeah, because we got picks back for Chubb. Yeah, 14. There it is, 14. So I'm looking at the uh, the Tankathon uh, mock. Quarterback-wise, Caleb, they say, is going one. Drake May is going three. Jaden Daniels is going four. So they got they got those three guys in the top four picks. Jaden Daniels from LSU, of course, the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, and then you guys pick at 14. The next quarterback on the board they have going is Bo Nix. You want Bo Nix? No, I'm not a big Oregon guy. You don't want Bo Nix. They have in this thing. They have uh, the Broncos drafting Jared Verse. Yeah, I know, I know. He's a defensive end from Florida State, very athletic. But I mean, if they're looking for a quarterback, I don't get. J- they've got JJ McCarthy going forty fourth overall oh, wow. in round two. They have Michael Penix at forty six. Yeah, I I loved Penix at I Washington. I just, I mean, I, I watched those I guys are going to go much higher games, than that. But don't you think those guys go much higher than that? I, I totally agree. Penix is not going 46th. No way. No way. Um, I just, the, 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 those Penix, once people see the way Penix throws the ball, I mean, if you're, people are not honed in on that guy, wait until he goes to the combine and throws the ball. That guy's yeah. just got a ridiculous rocket. Yeah. I, I don't guess Jaden Daniels is four, but Penix is 44. That isn't. That doesn't make sense. Jaden Daniels played with a great offensive coordinator with maybe the greatest college receiver. To me, I, I like Malik neighbors more than I like uh, the quarterback. The quarterback is athletic and the quarterback, you know, may put up prolific numbers, but he's really slight. Um, he's not the, he's not a big player at all. They list him at two ten. Well, it's a decent size. Two ten is pretty good. He's a stick though. 
if you watch. Who, who do you think the Niners would look Any. for? I know it's a while away, and you guys are shooting for pick thirty-two, but hopefully a tackle. I mean, they're picking thirty-one right now in the in this mock draft. They haven't taken Kalen King out mm. of Penn State. Um, just looking down the board of who's the best on the board when they in this tankathon mock draft. Quinion Mitchell, the corner from Toledo, you know, is a tremendous corner. Um, you know, perfect size and speed, six feet, 195. Tyler Guyton, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma. Xavier Leggett, the wide receiver from South Carolina. Cameron Kitchens. Cameron Kitchens, I could see them drafting a guy like that. Awesome safety from Miami. Uh, Edgerin Cooper is a great player from AM, but I. I think they'll go offensive tackle. Some maybe Patrick Paul from Houston. Um, but yeah, I mean Chris Jenkins is a real good player. His dad played in the NFL, the Michigan Wolverine. They have him in round two, but he could be a late round one guy. So there's some interesting guys. Mason Smith from LSU, the gigantic 6'6, 310 pound defensive lineman. You gotta remember this. Niners love taking D linemen. And if they're gonna lose Kinlaw and free agency and they don't know about Armstead. You know, I could see them, you know, looking at all these different things and then going D line. I mean, that's it seems like what they do every year. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, they need to go offensive tackle. And I think it sets up for them to go offensive tackle. But as Kev pointed out earlier, it, most of the good offensive tackles go earlier. So if they miss out on, you know, let's say that there's four that they think are first round worthy. Um, and they miss out on all four because they're picking in the 30s. I can mm-hmm. see them going in a different direction and then picking an offensive lineman that they like, you know, in round two or round three. We'll see. I, uh, if, you, if if I had to bet the Niners look O-line and go D-line in the in the draft, that seems to be their tradition. So, would you have a good holiday? Did you, have, did you get Santa treat you well? Did you get some good gifts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. You got to get uh... – you got to get Kevin golfing so we can so we can go play sometime. Yeah. Got to get that lefty swing yeah. down. I actually golf yeah. righty. No, no, he, I golf he, righty. he golfs righty. Oh, he, oh, I did not know that. Okay, he I'm a switch hitter. Righty. I'm a switch hitter. Yeah, I'm a switch gotcha. hitter. I think we. Why is it that you golf righty, Kev? We we uh, we, uh, searched, we, we couldn't find we left-handed were, clubs. Yeah, we couldn't find left-handed clubs, and we said, "Oh, we'll <laughs> have him play righty." And sure enough, he's he's not he's he's not good, but he's not bad righty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm nowhere nowhere near good. I just I just like to hit the ball. How long are you? Are you well, you're in town all. Are you back now or what? What's your? Are you in town? Yeah, all yeah. Time? I'm I'm back until like mid January. There you just go. Just finished up my last football season uh, in D three. So that's right. What who used to be the starting quarterback for the Northgate Broncos? Uh, Bulldogs, Broncos, for a, right? for a season, for a season, for one, for one season when uh, when another guy transferred and we didn't have a quarterback on the depth chart. Woo! I kept watching you run those belly plays and just going, "What the heck are they doing? This kid's getting absolutely destroyed." Yeah, well, belly, belly left, belly right, belly left, I, belly right. I mean, yeah, at one point know. it was the woo 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 show. That that's <laughs> that's how two of my ribs got destroyed. So, but yeah, I, I was able to to transition to receiver back to receiver in college. Um, but, but yeah, re- really fun, really good time. Could you imagine, Wu, if the Niners went to the line of scrimmage on an, every play, they looked to Kyle Shanahan to the sideline, and then we motion Kevin across, have him run. I motion every, every play. play. Yeah, jeez, yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got some cardio in practice. Just every oh, play. Yeah. 
Jeez. All right, Wu. Hey, happy holidays. Thanks for jumping in. Yeah, of course. You as well. Thanks, There Wu. you go. The great Wu. It's time for Kyle McKiernan. Kyle McKiernan. Kyle, what's going on? Good to see you, man. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. How you doing? Good, man. Merry Christmas. You guys had a good one. I see that nice neon sign. Yeah, I told you about that, That was the gift. That was the gift for Christmas gift. (laughs) I know. So I, I, the studio went up and uh, I was like, ooh, that looks good. And I'm like, damn, dude, if he doesn't get one of those neon signs and Kevmo just, there's an emoji. That was it. No words. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, he's getting one. I'm like, he's getting one. I know it. Um, (laughs) Kev gave it away. He gave yeah. away my per- Christmas present secret to, yeah. to Kyle McKiernan and Chico. Yeah. And only Kyle. And only Kyle. Thanks for letting me sit with your family down there when I went down to the to Pig and a Pickle. Yeah, what did you yeah, think of Pig and a Pickle? Know, everyone that doesn't know, Kyle came to the Pig and a Pickle meet and greet watch party. And we brought him a Krug Show shirt. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, Hold on. He, has the, he, has the, he has the chips, Dad. Oh, look Hold at on. that. That chip's got to be stale by now. No, it's great. <laughs> You're probably like, I bought you a bag and you gave me a shirt. <laughs> if Kyle if Kyle goes down at any point in the next five minutes, we know that he ate a chip from a couple weeks ago. Um, but no. <laughs> but that was it. He was poisoned so by the chip. Shirt and I'm like, it's a 2XL. And I'm like, this thing, the, the sleeves go down to my elbows. And I'm like, all this guy does is hang out with people that are 6'2", 290. I'm 6'2", like 195. So I just got back from San Diego tonight, and my mother-in-law is a really good seamstress and whatever. So I'm doing a custom Larry uh, or a Krug Show shirt. So Oh, wow. She's going to cut the circle out, and I have a really nice black, just normal black fitted shirt. And there's going to be like a three-quarter inch piece around it and i'm like red stitch like she's got like 150 different i'll make this quick because i don't want to bore the show our audience but so you're taking our show and our lit and you're and you're and you're making it on a smaller shirt so it fits me so i don't look like a jackass look at you look at you there's a man who there's a man who does not want to have a t-shirt that's dedication that's dedication. That that is, sure. It's going to look great. It's going to have red baseball stitching around your. your are you going to cut off the sleeves? You know, are you going to go sleeveless? No, I'm going to take your logo and put on a shirt. That no, I would not go sleeveless. <laughs> I know I'm. Just don't do a tank top, dude. Just don't do. Kyle tank can top. walk around no. knowing that he has the nicest Krug Show T-shirt that is that exists. This if somebody thing. comes up to you and says that looks like it should be on a bigger size shirt. Larry White look like head the authentic brand. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, I had a great time with you guys. Um, as far as uh, we'll do a little tech here, I don't know. Is it, what is there anything at all that you can lean on as far as the commanders, like on the defense side of the ball, like that can maybe you know hinder the 49ers offense a little bit? I mean, Cameron Curl. I know it sounds odd to say that, but Cameron Curl, the safety is a good player for sure. The strong safety number 31. Yeah. Really good player. Seventh round pick in the 20 draft, but he's a good, really good football player. He's really solid. And then Deron Payne, 94 up front, Jonathan Allen, 93. I mean, they got big time tackles inside. It's going to be a real challenge for the interior. 
Um, Casey Two Hills, a Stanford guy off the edge. He's not a lot of speed, but tries hard. Uh, James Smith Williams, real athletic, tall, long arm guy um, at uh, num- number 90 and 96, the left defensive end. They got Cody Barton, um, the former Seahawk linebacker. So it's not, it's not a, you know, this is Emmanuel Forbes was the first round draft choice. He was an incredible interceptor at Mississippi State. But um, yeah, it's not a stellar team. I mean, the, offensively, they're, you know, they're more of a concern because. Howell had been turning it over. They have some weaponry, right? They've got, you know, McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel, and they've got some guys. Um, and now they've got the veteran quarterback. So, you know, Jacoby Brissett won't beat himself, but I think expect the Niners to win the game. All right. Cool. Uh, All right, man. You got hey, a final thought? Yeah, two real quick. You guys mentioned that light in the background, and you're like the cord. I'm like, yeah, I know the cord. Two things. First, in your pictures for Christmas, you got it. What is that yellow circle that's like on the, the is that a reflection from your light? It's got to be a reflection it's of the, the ring light. light. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, secondly, because I buy fixed cell homes and all that stuff, you could fix that cord. I was like, yeah, that's kind of like, I would take that cord, spool it up, you know, a little bit, like the size of the softball, zip tie it. And go get a black, like, 20-foot extension cord. I go straight up 12 o'clock. You can't see your ceiling in the studio. And I would go either over to the corner over your left shoulder and pin it down the corner and go under your table or go all the way around the ceiling and down to, I don't know, what your table or, or broadcasting you know section looks like. And you'll never see it. I'm so thinking maybe up. what we do is we just pretend that we don't see it. <laughs> And let I'm it, thinking about dropping it over so it goes down through the where the seam is in between the wood, potentially. Oh, Maybe okay, yeah. It, 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 I'm you, thinking you about just sitting like this the entire time and never, ever letting anybody ever see it again. Okay, see how I overthought that, Larry? Went like this and fixed the problem in four, not even like one point. Yeah, we could, I could just stay right there. All right, last. This is it. Uh, two quick Giants trivia questions. Okay, go ahead. And if Dan, you're listening, you're a fraud. I'm, I'm going to be on later. He loves it. We do. These are real, real Giants questions, not from the internet. Like, they printed them. Okay. This player participated for the Giants in 893 games in the 1970s. That's it? Yep. Uh, what player? Eight, 890 games in the 1970s. 893 games in the 1970s. More than like any any player. I will go with um, Dwayne Kuyper. No, no, in the nineteen seventies, nineteen seventies. Willie McCovey. Nope. You want the answer? Yeah. Chris Spire. Chris Spire. Look at that. Yeah. Good okay. one. Got Last one. Uh, Last one. Right-handed pitcher. Has more games than any player in SF history. Giants, not New York. Giants. Pitcher, right-hander. 552 games. God. Um, I wish they put the year on this, but I don't know the year. It's, it's, it's do you know the so, player? No, I don't know. I'm, I'm just getting the trivia. I know, I know a good amount, but there's plenty I don't know either. But you see the name of the answer? Yeah. Yeah. 
Who's the basically the Juan Marichal? No, that's a good guess. That's what I was thinking, but uh, answer. Mm. Who is it? Yeah. Who is it? Greg Minton. The Moon Man. <laughs> the Moon Man, crazy re- relief pitcher. Had a good down breaking ball, but he was nuts. Yeah. Right. Moon Man right, Minton. Kyle McKiernan. Kyle, have a great show. night, man. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Love the show. Nice right, job. See you guys. Appreciate you. All right, Kyle McKiernan. Um, do we go to Cameron Thacker, the your doppelganger? Yeah. We got we gotta go quick though, because I gotta get out in like in like 10. So we gotta go these next two quick. Cam, how are Cameron. you, bro? Doing good. Like. How are you guys doing? <laughs> We're doing good, man. What's on your mind? Um, I'm good. Um, had a good Christmas holidays nice. with the family. Um, I see you got a good Christmas gift. It's looking super good. You just got to get something on the other side now, maybe like a jersey or something. But yeah, it looks there you really go. good. I uh, hope you guys had a good Christmas. Um, yeah, I went to the Arizona Cardinals game, and the entire stadium was chanting Purdy when he was down. And Great that's moment. something that is very rare for 49ers is for them to chant names like that. So it was definitely a cool experience to go there. Cool. It was a good win too. Good win this last week, not as much, but the Arizona game was a good win. Yeah, That's been I, a I thing all season though that that the vivid seats you can see the percentage of Niners fans versus whatever opposing team fans. The Niners have been traveling well this season, really, especially well. in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, it was like 85 percent Niner fans. Like it was hard to find a Cardinal fan there. And wow. um, yeah, I actually picked Baltimore to win on Christmas, which is kind of unhomer of me to do but tell us why why did you why did you um you know stab us in the in the heart and go against the home team lamar in his career is 19 and 1 against a 20 and 1 now against against the nfc you you just can't go against statistics like that like that's an incredible um, stat how uh i think it was the browns defensive coordinator was like nine and one versus shanahan and then they beat us so like statistics like that are definitely excuse me very real and um lamar is just really good at rushing the ball and we've always struggled with stopping um dual threat quarterbacks so yeah lamar kind of had his way and the defense honestly did super good like the first half i was telling my family like a four-point game with three turnovers is like unheard of like we're watching a good team they're just playing a bad game tonight yeah i mean it was you know baltimore had a really good defensive game plan and they they had a lot of defenders in the areas of the field that they the windows that they thought Brock was going to throw into, um, and they did their homework. You know, they they looked at the trends of of you know where he likes to throw the ball, and they made sure that they didn't blitz in the middle of the field and give any kind of voids and and hot receivers in the middle of the field to to Brock. They blitzed him off the edge because the Niners went with a number of kind of condensed formations. The corners off the edge didn't have as far to go to get to the quarterback. So it really was effective. Colt McKivitz had a rough night pass blocking on the right side all night. Three offensive linemen went down and it just, a lot of it kind of just snowballed a little bit on the 49ers. I don't think the Niners took advantage of what they should have done as much. And that's run the football. Um, but yeah, tough loss, but it, you know, the other thing I think it, it, the, the game lacked a little urgency from the 49er perspective. Um, and um, we'll see. I mean, They've got to win the next couple of weeks. They got to beat a Washington team that's limited, and then they got to beat a Rams team that's going pretty good. But they'll beat Niners will be at home if they do that. They're the one seed. They'll have the bye, and you know we'll take it from there. But 
Um, the Ravens definitely made you if if you thought they were gonna coast, the Ravens slap in the face definitely makes you say, you know what, there'll be no coasting. Yeah, I agree. There wasn't really any urgency. Um, during the game, multiple times you could see players like after every tackle, they're like tapping each other's helmets and hugging each other and like, oh, Merry Christmas, man. Like, how's the family? Like, it didn't really seem like they were like the hard hitting aggressive team they were. And Baltimore was the opposite. Like they were hitting hard every play. And I agree. They got away from the run. Um, seven yards of carry should be a win every time. So yeah. they got away from that. But I think they'll win out, and I genuinely do think they'll go to the Super Bowl. Um, I got a lot of money put down on it. So, Will they win it once they get there? Um, honestly, yes. I do think there's going to be a Super Bowl rematch, or they'll play Buffalo because Buffalo's really hot right now, and I think they'll continue that. So if we play Baltimore again, I think they'll have a lot more urgency, um, stop holding the edge and not trying to make the splash play sacks like Chase Young kind of was. And if they have a good game plan for stopping the run in the Super Bowl, regardless of who they're playing, I think they'll win. So, um, you're in Tucson, right? Yes, sir. How's life in Tucson? Things going good? You have you had the good Christmas? Uh, starting to get cold for a couple of days in Tucson? Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing a beanie. It's probably the first time in seven years I've worn one, but it's like forty <laughs> degrees outside, and it's it's not it's not good for me. I'm used to eighty degrees, so. Cam Thacker also has his own YouTube channel, right, Cam? Don't you do your own broadcast? I see the live sign in the background. I like the neon. Yeah, I, I don't have any of my lights or anything on right now, but I do some stuff on uh, Twitch, some live streaming. I do some stuff on YouTube, but I haven't been posting uh, the last few weeks because I've just been super busy. But, um, yeah, I'm getting it up and running, and I'll have a lot of off-season content. But I do want to say congrats on 30K. Um, I've been watching you Thanks, guys for man. a long time. Appreciate that. And – it, it definitely is good. Like Kev, the thumbnails are good. Like everything is good. Like it's not just your dad, bro. Like, you're, you're, you're contributing too. So like, it's a really cool team effort you guys got. And I'll always support the show. Thanks Cameron. Appreciate hey, it. Hey Cam, dude. have a great night, man. Thanks for uh, calling in and, and have a happy new year. Appreciate you. You too. Be safe guys. Thank you. There you go. The great Cam Thacker. Uh, Flav's in the house. Do we go to Flav? Flav, how are you? What? There we go. What's, What's up, Flav? What's up? How you guys doing? Doing great, man. What's on your mind? A uh, couple, couple things, I guess. I, I kind of came in late, so maybe you guys hit on some of this stuff. But, um, you know, I, that I'm not concerned at all about that loss. Obviously, it becomes concerning uh, if they lose to the Rams. I guess that's, that's the biggest concern um, is that that's in jeopardy. But I think that this team – almost needs to have their back up against the wall. Uh, you know, we've seen them in previous years where they get off to the slow starts and then their backs up against the wall and then they rally off all these wins to get there. Unfortunately, they run out of gas uh, because they put themselves in that position or they get injured because uh, they're, you know, overplayed and they don't get the buy. So, um, you know, hopefully the urgency that is created by losing that game kind of snaps them back into, uh, you know, win now mode. And uh, if that's the case, then I think it's a well-timed loss, to be honest, um, you know, kind of as opposed to running, going into the playoffs on a nine game win streak or whatever it would have been, um, you know, in terms of Purdy, uh, again, I'm not really that concerned. You know, there's all this talk. I it, it, The fans, 
the fair weather fans that kind of drive me nuts that just, you know, sit around, it's like waiting for this performance from birdie so they can sit there and talk about how he's, you know, not him and not the guy. Yeah. And this and that. Yeah, right. It's like, you know, and, and I agree. It's like, look, we can't sit and say that he's elite yet. Um, you know, he hasn't played enough for that, but there's enough out there to know who he is. And this is an exception, uh, and a bad game that all quarterbacks have once in a while. Um, you know, it's not like he's really a quarterback that's going to throw four turnovers a game. And we just saw the, the reality of the situation. Uh, he's played long enough to where we know who he is. Um, you know, the one thing that kind of I worry about with him that that's, again, I don't know if it's uh, an issue or not because of the limited sample size, but it does seem like, you know, we've heard him talk about Purdy he's very aware um, and he makes a point to talk about not allowing bad games or turnovers to basically make him timid uh, out there uh, and come out the next game, not, not allow it to affect him mentally and, you know, shy away from making a, a sort of dangerous pass down the field if it's there. And it seems like when Purdy throws a turnover, maybe he almost gets that in his head of, I'm not going to let that affect me. I'm not going to allow it to make me timid. And he almost goes overboard with that to where instead of becoming timid, he, he becomes reckless in a way. And we see it's like, you know, in previous games in, uh, in who was it first, the Browns, like he threw that interception, things got really shaky after that. Um, I think what there was the Bengals game, he threw multiple interceptions. I think the, the, uh, Minnesota game, it's like once he throws one interception, um, it almost seems like he starts playing recklessly where he's very calm and nothing ever affects him and nothing ever speeds him up except maybe a turnover does. And, you know, it's hard to tell though, cause those were later on in the game. This one was early on in the game. I hope that's not an issue. And and if it is, then hopefully this is a blessing and he learns from uh, the mistake. And, you know, I think one of the biggest problems people had with Jimmy was that it seemed like he never learned from any of the mistakes he made. He just kept making them over and over and over again. And this is an opportunity for Purdy to take that and actually learn from it. And if if he can, then it's a big lesson to learn right before the playoffs, which, uh, hopefully that's the case. And, um, you know, yeah, the mean, one he's thing, got, he's yeah. got the thing about it is, you know, he, the rate, the, the whole job of defensive football is closed down the space. The Ravens did a good job. Um, two or three of those passes, you know, he may have hurried a little bit. He may have, uh, released him a little quick. Um, maybe, you know, he normally throws a very catchable ball. The ball's on time. But the windows were, I think the Ravens did a nice job to shrink down those windows. And um, a couple balls got tipped. And, you know, I would say he made two really bad mistakes. And then he had yeah. two unlucky moments. And it added to four picks. Right. And they almost they still almost had a chance to win. And we'll see. I mean, the Niners ran it successfully. They, you know, the, the Niners had more yards rushing, more yards receiving. Um, they, you know, they they in a lot of ways got things the way they wanted it in that game. 
except for the turnovers. But the Ravens right. caused those turnovers. And then on offense, I mean, on defense, Lamar was spectacular. You know, he was the mm-hmm. difference. He made play after play after play. When a play was needed to be made, he made it. So uh, you credit them, you move on. And, you know, I think you're right. Maybe this will be an extra motivation for them to, you know, to, um, you know, to really play with some urgency. Maybe they're the kind of team that needs to play with some urgency. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what they're going to have the next two weeks. It's like you got to win these games. And usually they play pretty well in that situation. Yeah. And I, I think too, you know, my problem is that I, I actually, I understand they ran for seven yards to carry. I think it's very easy to sit there and say after the game, you know, they sit stuck with the run game, but I, they don't get seven runs or seven yards a, a carry if they're not throwing the ball like that, you know, and, and you, it, you get out there and you hand the ball to CMC over and over and over again, you might as well have Jimmy back at quarterback. And we know that that's not going to win the Super Bowl. We need to pass the ball to, to be able to run it like that. And I think even the threat of Purdy passing like that opened up the run game. Unfortunately, the passing game wasn't there, but that's how this team needs to win. If they don't run the ball or if they don't pass the ball like that, then you stuff, you know, you, you stuff the box, you, well, I mean, you, gotta, you always got to have offensive balance, but when you're going up against a team that was dead last in the NFL at stopping the run in two backs, you got to run the ball more than they did. No, like two runs for Debo, 14 for McCaffrey, none for Mason. Um, they, they, they didn't fall. They were 16, 12 at halftime. I mean, they, they were, didn't they, they've only given up like four rushing touchdowns all year though. I thought, right. I think they have like the best in terms of points allowed, like the best rush, uh, rushing defense. Right. But I mean, against two backs, they had struggled and were dead last in like four different categories. Yeah. All right. Well, regardless, I'm just going to end on this. I don't know if we talked, uh, you guys talked about, but obviously this lions Cowboys game is huge this weekend. Um, you know, if the lions win that game, uh, basically the, and the 49ers, let's say they were to lose to the Rams, all of a sudden the 49ers would drop to three. It would go Lions, Eagles, Niners, uh, probably Tampa Bay, Cowboys, and then the Rams again. You're, you're, you're basically, if, if that's the case, you, you put yourself in a position where you're probably going Rams very next week, Rams again, coming off of all of a sudden you, you lost two out of three when you had the one seed all but locked up and now you're coming, you're, you're got to play the Rams, the team that knows you very well, that would have just beaten you uh, the very next week. And that's, that's a pretty scary situation. If, if the Cowboys beat the lions uh, and the 49ers were to lose, then you end up uh, with the Eagles back in the one spot. Um, The Eagles, Niners, Lions, Tampa Bay Cowboys, I believe, uh, which actually wouldn't be the worst scenario. I think you'd probably end up with maybe Seattle or whoever is the the seven seed as the two seed. Um, obviously, hopefully, this isn't a situation that we're in. Uh, it would be brutal to not get the buy after everything that had to go right. You know, from a few weeks ago when we thought we were out of it to getting it to to then losing it, but. Uh, the Niners, Niners never make it easy. I'll say that they never yeah. make it easy. You know, see so who knows, 
But hey, Flav, we'll, we we got to jump. We appreciate you. All right, guys. Thanks, Flav. Uh, Nicotina's in the house. What's, What's up, up Nicotina? you guys? What's going on, man? It's great you, man? to be back on the Nicotina. show. I haven't been on this. The, I haven't been on the calling in a while because I've just been busy and with life. But first, before we get to anything else, Merry Christmas! I hope you guys had a wonderful holiday you together too. in the creek, or or did you go back to L.A.? Uh no, no, we were in the creek. We were in the creek. Okay, well, we were great. actually at the game. Is where we were. We were in Santa oh, Clara. That's as that brutal. Uh, but you I know, in <clears throat> Santa Clara. I mean, as brutal as that game was, I mean, look, when you look at, you know, stats wise, we out, we outrushed them. We out, uh, they had more passing yards. Um, Niners had, what was it? 6.3 yards per play. Ravens had 5.4. So in all intents and purposes, if you would have read that line, you would have said, oh, well, the Niners probably won that game. But, you know, when you have what, five picks, it's just ridiculous. And the first one was clearly on Brock. I think that Brock. You know, he was in the pocket and he was like probably thinking to himself, like, fuck yeah, I'm MVP. Here comes a touchdown. Oh shit. And then from there it just you know, the tip ball, you know, they got intercepted. That was a bad break. And then the other pass, it went off, you know, Kittle's shoulder and then end up being an interception. And look, sometimes you just don't catch any breaks. And I think this is a game where it turned into that. And uh I don't think it's indicative of the Niners and if they were to play them again, like in the Super Bowl, I don't think you would get the same outcome exactly the way it turned out. It was just kind of a shit show of a game. I agree. I agree. I, I think if they played again, the Fortnite would too. win, but it's hard to, it, you know, I know Raven fans would be infuriated by that, oh, yeah. but whatever. Yes, uh, I think that's are. reality. They are. Yeah. I mean, I think that's reality. I think the Fortnite, this idea that these teams played 10 times, the Ravens would win nine. You got to be yeah. joking me. They, 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 their weapons are just totally ordinary. Lamar had an incredible game. Their mm -hmm. defense played a hard-hitting game, and I would expect them to do no, nothing less a second time. But they also got the bounce of the ball. They were plus four in turnovers, and it was still you know almost anybody's game at the end. So, yeah, you can look at the Ravens dominated, um, and they, they got their hands in the passing lanes. But the Niners, I think, also did not stay with the run the way they should have. And if they had, I think it would have been a different kind of a game. I really do. But, um, you know, it, whatever. You move on, and now you got to beat the Commanders. You got to beat the Rams, and then you'll get your chance in the playoffs. And the best yeah. teams will be in, will be standing right there in front of you. But what's crazy too is that like you got a guy in uh, JP Mason who's got size, he's got speed, he's a great change of pace from uh, Christian McCaffrey. And you would think at times they would use him a little bit more often just to kind of give McCaffrey a break, but also, you know, bruise you with J.P. Mason, but they don't. They just, he loves having, the Shanahan that is, he just loves having McCaffrey in the game at all times. I mean, let's face it, McCaffrey is like their version of, of, of uh, with Tyree Kill. So he wants him out there at all times because it, it just it's just their scheme, but I really wish they would use Mason a lot more. Uh, I feel like when he's in the game, he's always productive. He's got a lot uh, left, too. He's really energetic, so... Hey, Nicotina, we got to jump. We're right at the end. We appreciate you jumping in, man. Of course, man. man. And uh, Thanks, uh, I sent you something uh, for Christmas. It's in your DM. Uh, you can check it out after the show. Nice. There we go. <laughs> Nicotina, appreciate him. And Franco, we're going to finish with you, buddy. What's going on, Franco? What's happening? Franco. What's happening, crew dog? Hold on a second. There we go. All right. Hello, hello. What's going on, man? How are you? What's up, oh, Franco? Man, I'm doing great. How about you? How about you guys, man? You guys had a no, good, some good holidays, a good Christmas, besides the terrible are, game. Are you rooting for USC right now? Is that what's going on? Oh, yeah. 
I got my <laughs> Caleb Williams jersey on. Oh, we're ready okay. to go, man. I just watched SC trounce the birds. We had bird dinner tonight. What did you think of the game? Uh, with the SC game? Yeah, the SC game. The bowl no, game. The SC game. Yeah, the, uh, the direct TV holiday bowl. Uh, they change it up every year. But, no, yeah, man. The game was outstanding. Miller Moss, six touchdowns. Oh, come on now. It doesn't get any better than that. 4228. Uh yep. and that's the ranked that's Louisville. A Louisville that's a ranked Louisville team that had a, that has a pretty solid defense too, man. I mean, that wasn't easy. I mean, and they didn't rest too many guys on the defensive side, so Taj Washington with a couple touchdowns. Uh Lane had a couple touchdowns. Yeah. That's how you bring up your draft stock. Taj Washington. Jalen Smith with 12 tackles. Yep. All solo. All solo. How about that? Yeah, that, is, that is crazy, man. I mean, for once, you see this SC defense, you know, make open field tackles, and then we able to, we're able to get the win. You know, we're able to keep them under 40 points for once. You know, it's just like, finally, man. And then the offense is, oh, you know, it's a Lincoln-Riley offense. We're going to put up 40 points. You know, if we could just keep them under 30, it's a guaranteed win. What did you think of the Niners? You know, man, I uh, I want to sit here and say that I'm not I, I'm not concerned, but it's just again every single time we're in a game where it's it's a close game, third quarter, it's close, and I'm saying, you know, I'm sitting there with my whole family, and they are talking shit to me the whole time, and I tell them every time, I say, this is how we want it. We wanted this type of game. I want to see how we respond. And then that happens in the third quarter. Just the total total destruction, man. I mean, it went from a what was it, a four point game to a fourteen or something like that. You're muted. You're muted? Sorry about that. I was I muted myself because I coughed there. Yeah, no, it was a total avalanche. It was a ridiculous oh. avalanche, and they just, you know, what can you say? It was, it, it was we the were, right night, and the and and the Ravens had a great defensive plan, and then Lamar made enough yeah. big plays, and there you go. Um, yeah, and I, ball didn't bounce the Niners' way. It's it. They're gonna have to now. They're gonna have to see if they can win a couple games at the end of the year, shorthanded, because they've got yeah. enough injuries, and they're gonna have to lean on some new guys. But we'll see. I mean, they should take care of the Commanders, the Rams in Week 18 is going to be the huge test. Can they, can they take down a hot Rams team at the, in the final week of the year? Franco, yep. we got to jump, man, but we appreciate yep. you. Yeah, most definitely. You guys have Franco. a good night, man. There you go, Franco. Clarence Beeks on the chat says, phenomenal knowledge. He's been a member for 18 months. Thank you. And Dazza says, I keep hearing good things about Womack. Why don't the 49ers seem to like him? That it was the weird move. They of the deactivated week. him last game. They deactivated him for Jason Verrett. And then Verrett came in, played five plays, and gave up a touchdown. I know they'd like to get Verrett in the mix, but I kind of like what I see with Womack and with Luter. Yeah, I like him too. I, I, I like Luter especially. He he's actually played well, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. Uh Womack, yeah, I don't I don't understand the decision. When we were walking into the press box. Someone came up to us and said, you seen Verrett right now? He's he's getting run. And you're like, oh, he's suiting up to play? And he's like, no, he's running with the ones. Remember that? He didn't yeah. end up running with the ones, but he did end up getting some snaps in that game, which was pretty surprising considering they 
you just got it. You just got put back on the roster. Yeah, I mean, I clearly they want to. They believe that he's uh, a better option, or at least they think he's a better option. Or maybe they want to find out early on if he can stay. You know how how he holds up durable. You know durability wise, and then if they're going to lose him, they would have a couple weeks to get their younger guys kind of ready to ready to to play. Um, that's it with Jason Verrett. Typically, as far as, you know, he's, he has the one concern I'd have is, you know, so much about playing that position of coverage is about rhythm and reps and he just hasn't had it. So you'd kind of wonder, can he play at a high level? Um, despite the fact he has not played a lot, has no rhythm and has gotten very few reps. So, um, we'll see, we'll see. Um, you know, he's a talented, he was a talented player. I'd rather go with the youth. I'd rather go with Womack and Luter and just take my chances that those guys can stand up. But clearly they feel they want to give uh, Verrett some uh, some run and see what he's got. So anyway, hey, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, thanks to uh, all the callers for jumping in. Thanks to Pig and a Pickle, New York-style Italian sausage, Marin Autoglass, Underdog Fantasy, and, of course, Mojo Fantasy. Kev, anything I wanna, you want to add? Yeah, I want to add one more thing. I want to, uh, just for all the people that sticked around all the way to the end, they get a little extra treat. A little thing I was cooking up in the lab uh, recently. It's a little promo for our show. Uh, Uh Some people might remember this. Some people might remember this from uh, a call-in show we did, I'd say, it was after the Eagles week. And here, I'll debut it right now. I can keep up with with Chase. Oh, Oh, look at that. Look at this. Cry, Eagles, cry on the road to misery. Sigh, Eagles, sigh. Blow the big games. One, two, three. Miss them low. Lost them high. And watch our Eagles die. Bye, Eagles, bye. Bridesmaids of the NFC. L O S E. R-S Losers Eagles! (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Isn't that great? (laughs) That is great. What was that guy's name again? I'm forgetting. His his name was... uh, Was or is... uh, Still is to this day. He's still named that. Yeah, he's still the same name. I can't. It's covered up by the. I think it's ja- it's James Kirk. I think James, James Kirk. Kirk. There you go, James Kirk. Awesome stuff. Uh, what do we have going on the channel tomorrow? I will be in Santa Clara talking to 49ers, Brock Purdy. Um, tomorrow, Steve Wilkes and Chris Forster. And what we want to know from Forster is who's going to play on this offensive line. And what we want to know from Wilkes is who's going to play safety for this team. And what we want to know from Brock Purdy is how are you going to make the adjustment to teams who now, you know, kind of uh, crowded the field with defenders in the windows that you like to throw in? How do you adjust to that um, going forward? Because film gets around and, I'm eager to see what he has to say to that tomorrow. So um, a lot going on. And then tomorrow night is the big show with Coach. 
and Jesse, and I'm not sure whose channel it's on, but uh, join us tomorrow night at 6.30 for that. Yeah, for the channel tomorrow, check out. There'll be clips from this show and your show with Grant, probably on the channel, sp uh, splattered throughout the morning. Um, also, some of your locker room footage, which will be going out some tonight and some early tomorrow morning. But if you're a channel member, you already have access to it. Uh, so if you want to have early access to some of our content, you can get the channel membership. Um, but that will be coming out somewhat soon. And I have a uh, an Instagram slash YouTube reel that will be going out either tonight or tomorrow morning uh, from your Ooh, show with what? Damon. Really? Okay. What's yeah. the, do you yeah. want to tease the topic? Uh no, you'll see. It's just about it's oh. just about the Niners game against the Ravens. It's not it's not anything I could spoil, but it's just it's just some content. So good stuff. That's good what stuff. that's what that is. And then uh yeah, you're streaming tomorrow with uh the big the big show. Uh is Vish back in town or is he not back in town? No, Jeff Vish is still out of town. I believe he's out of town for a few more weeks. But um Jesse and Coach and I will get together tomorrow night at six thirty Pacific and we'll talk Niners and it's uh should be good. Should be good because those guys are extra spirited when Brock has struggles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so it'll be it'll be good. And then, then you know, there'll be people coming at me saying this and that, and we'll break it all down. And I'm eager to see what those guys have to say about why they feel the 49ers lost. Um, and obviously what's yeah, it should be good stuff. So that's tomorrow night at 6 30, and then Friday morning. Uh, Damon will be back in the house at 8 a.m. Chase Sr. at 10.45. And we're going to try to catch up with somebody from uh, D.C. to talk about Niners Commanders. Still not used to that, yes. but Niners Commanders um, from Maryland and the return of Chase Young. And then, of course, Saturday, the coach stops by and Sunday we'll have uh, have the postgame show uh, after 10 a.m. start, right? 10 a.m.? Thank yeah, 10 you, Alex. Appreciate you. I I will uh, I will be in San Diego for the game, but I will still I'm a dedicated Krug Show member. I will still be in the post game. Look at you! You just you're just a hustler, absolute hustler. Thanks I'm to everybody. Uh, thanks to Kev. Thanks to all the callers. Peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you asked for. Careful, what.